Ladies and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. to get into, a ton of news to get into, a heavy news day, of course. We've got uh, a lot to talk about with respect to the uh, um, the coup, the coup that is going against the United States of America, our nation, our current president. We've got the actors named. We know who they are. Um, and yes, yes, tick-tock, tick-tock to quote Sean Hannity. I know a lot of people just absolutely hate that. Um, like my tie, for those viewing, of course. Oops, I'm sorry, I'm Showing wires everywhere, right? Wired up here. Um, actually, second hand store nine ninety nine can't beat it, right? No, I'm 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 kidding. I'm kidding. Wardrobe brought to you by. No, I'm I'm kidding in there too. All right, here's the deal. Sometimes you know levity. Look, you're you're just folks. Isn't everyone out there just like? Bam! It's always all this news all the time. I mean, uh, and everyone we are just getting—it's like drinking from a fire hose, isn't it? Uh, or or a colostomy, or not a colonoscopy with a fire hose uh, of news and information that's just pouring out of of every uh, every angle or every aspect of government. Uh, the obviously the Senate Judiciary Committee, the House. Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. You've got those. You've got the Office of the Inspector General. Um, and then, of course, the uh, alternative or new or honest media right now reporting on all of this while the uh, mainstream or the mockingbird media is not, with few exceptions. And then when they do report on this, as I, as I said this morning on my show, and I, and I know that uh, you and John have co- uh, covered a lot of this, um, it, it just seems to be like it's just... Um, it is so confusing. You need a scorecard and a and a uh, pad of paper to really kind of keep track of all of this. And the the mockingbird media, even on the conservative side, makes it very difficult and very difficult to understand at times. So we are entering into confusing times, and uh, that, that's where we're at. So tonight, however, we've got a great program. Hour two, Brandon House talking about the infiltration of our government, including, but not limited to, the uh, FISA memo, as well as the actors, the attempted coup, uh, the people behind the coup in the deep state, and then our three pastor Langford. So it's really kind of going to be a good balanced show in the first hour's show and I. I just want to make this statement as well. Uh, we broadcast live. All right, now you're, you're ultimately going to see this on YouTube, this show. We've been having some problems. Uh, yeah, thank you. Take it. We broadcast live on Global Star Satellite Radio, HagmanReport.com. I, that's all I want to say. HagmanReport.com. To, if you to watch us live, go to HagmanReport.com. Think like the Infowars model, where you can go to Infowars and watch it. Okay, so go ahead, Joe. Yeah, the YouTube. Uh, what we plan to do is upload the uh, video feed that we record to YouTube while we still have this strike on our account. And I got to uh, thank Rhonda. Uh, she's been working hard on our YouTube account, trying to restore it to uh, stat- its normal status. And what I think I've, we've gone over this before, the copyright claim right. that was levied against us one week ago yesterday for the State of the Union streaming, 
uh, by CNN, even though we used C-SPAN's feed, was lifted after... Who uh, used uh, WhiteHouse.gov or the government feed. Go ahead. Right, and and uh, we weren't the only ones. The, the Daily Wire and others went through this the same trouble. They, so the copyright claim was lifted, but for some reason the 90-day live streaming ban is still uh, showing as active on our YouTube channel. So what we have been doing is streaming live video from our website, thanks to Global Star Satellite Radio, and we have been trying to put them up on YouTube. Now, we have some of them segmented. Some of the pieces will be up on YouTube, but I think what we're going to do until the channel at least gets restored is uh, put the audio of the show up, if not the video. I think I think we I think Joe and I I know you and I didn't talk about this before the show, but I think we have it uh, we have it down to the I think at least on my end I've got uh, got it to the point where we can upload first the segments and then the entire show. Okay. Okay. So and for people out there to understand, if you upload a three-hour show to YouTube, it takes you know ten hours to uh, the three-hour video takes ten hours plus to, 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 to upload to render it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've got the highest internet speed possible. Yeah. So, so you just need an extra computer sometimes and, and you don't have the, you know, you got to do other stuff on your computers and that it just slows everything down. But we will, um, we'll figure it out and you can find the uh, audio shows obviously archived all over the place from iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud, Global Star, and HagmanReport.com. Visit HagmanReport.com and bookmark it. That is where we put all our news of the day as well as the feed for the live show and Peter Chowka's original articles uh, are up there as well. Yeah. And we're going to uh, jump right into some of the news that is up on the Hagman Report right now. Uh, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer strike two-year budget deal to avert shutdown. This from uh, PJ Media. It talks about how the left and the right have struck a $400 billion budget deal that upon passage into uh, by the Senate into the House, which Pelosi's trying to filibuster right now, would extend, uh, would, would stop the government shutdown scheduled for, uh, tomorrow at midnight for two years until March of 2019. And it would also add additional funding for domestic programs, for military spending, as well as raising the debt ceiling. So something we're going to keep our eye on, as we know, this has been an issue over the last month when the government shut down last month over the Senate's, uh, the, the left's immigration, uh, wanting an immigration deal that never came to fruition, but now we see it looks like that the the government will continue to be funded without immigration uh, on the table, but Nancy Pelosi is still trying to filibuster the Senate uh, budget bill. Nancy Pelosi launches House filibuster to demand vote on DREAMers, and what she's doing again is obstructing the government from passing this financial bill because she's demanding that a a vote be taken on the dreamers or action be taken on immigration this has obviously been a heated debate in the news for a long time and it's becoming more and more controversial as the president laid it out on the table during the state of the union address with a a four part plan that the left absolutely will give no concessions on but they still demand amnesty creating you know more problems in the uh, legislature not being able to resolve anything. I think the uh, the American people are really ready for these midterm elections coming up in 2018 by seeing the actions of some of these um, congressmen and senators and their, their behavior and where their priorities are. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time. 
they are the only thing that they have as far as ideas is to oppose Donald Trump. They have no original or <laughs> recycled ideas on anything else from the economy to infrastructure or even immigration. The only thing they know that they want is abortion, amnesty, and Trump gone. And that's, that's that. Yep. So we need to get these, uh, these people out who are uh, putting the, the interest of illegal immigrants over the interests of the American people. And we need to get a, a functioning house, a functioning Senate that will work in, uh, in unison with the president in order to be able to implement more of his agenda that he wants done. But the big story of the day, Obamagate, as it's being Fingerprints called. of Obama on the memo, the text messages from Strzok and Page, clear, clear. Obama wants to be kept in the loop, wants to be kept apprised. What do you got? But he learned about it. He learned about the email investigation like the rest of us from of the course. TV. Of course. From what he said. Now, I need help on the timeline. All right. When did the public learn about Hillary's email investigation? That was a consequence of the... Now, this is from memory. I've got the timeline in my office. That was a a, a byproduct of the uh, House Committee on Benghazi, that investigation. It was revealed via testimony, or it was found through testimony, that Hillary Clinton had a private server. Now, if you want the exact date, I'm going to have to unplug, walk into my no, office. No, no, we'll, we'll see. Well, I, I, I want to know, because um, in March... 2015, Obama gave an interview to CBS where he right. said that that's when he said he learned about the email scandal through the TV. Right. And sub, now, okay. Now, subsequent to that, he was proven a liar. And that was by testimony that was taken during the commission of the Benghazi hearings. And uh, I, I didn't. So mean, what does this mean okay. for him? All right. All right. And, and th- this is so critical for everyone to understand. You've got obviously the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence on one side. You get the Senate Judiciary Committee on the other side conducting parallel investigations. Then on the kind of like a third, or we'll just call it the the, the middle lane, you've got the um, Office of the Inspector General. Now, all three of these bodies are are actually covering a number of issues, and the big issue, of course, is the FISA warrants and how they were um, how they were obtained illegally. Now. Okay, because this is really confusing. March of 2015 is when it became publicly known that Clinton, during her tenure as Secretary of State, used the family's private email server for official communications. And that's the same month that Obama gave that interview to CBS. Okay, and and, and this is something that's so so important for people to understand, Joe, is that this was set up at the beginning of her tenure as Secretary of State in order to circumvent the FOIA process. So those people out there who really, you know, put hang their hat on FOIA alone, and of course I'm not talking about Judicial Watch. I'm talking about these these bizarre idiots out there who think that everything is just going to be uncovered just by a request. Look at what these various agencies have done to Congress. They they give them blank pages. They give them black right. pages. Look at Judicial Watch as judicial well. Judicial Watch can't even get the budget information on Robert Mueller's special investigation, which should be public knowledge from filing for for your request or even after suing the government right. and winning those suits and, and they're slow walking the government's slow walking yeah. the information all right so you've got the three parallel and ongoing investigations together you've got now and, and, and this is a big thing and I, I touched on this this morning the names you're going to hear uh Sid Blumenthal this guy ho wow okay the only thing I'm going to tell you is if you want you're going to be hearing this in the coming days and the weeks Remember, uh, 
when Clinton was appointed as Secretary of State. And, of course, what happened? She said, oh, let me bring Sid Blumenthal on. Well, who is this guy? I talk about him in my morning show, but the, but what people need to know is right now Blumenthal passed information to Christopher Steele. This according to um, a front page magazine, an article that appeared, I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday. But uh, And then the second uh, person is Cody Shearer. You hear about this. Well, who's this guy? Well, it happens to be uh, the, well. Is this the, the second the, the, uh, right. report or dossier? Right. Because, okay. okay, yeah, you've got, you've got multiple memos. And again, it's easy to conflate the House activities with the Senate Judiciary activities. The Grassley memo is different than the first memo, which was released. The Grassley referral, or the, uh, the new referral, or the new memo, relates to the criminal referral from, uh, Senate, top Senate investigators, um, that sort of builds upon the House memo. So you've got two different distinct areas. They're working in tandem with one another, but the uh, the criminal ref- referral that we saw from a letter dated January 4th, now this goes back how many, uh, over a month, um, by Grassley. Let me just grab this here, right, just to make sure. Okay, because there's a, yeah, there's this, this is the uh, Senate Homeland Security Committee's this report. This is Committee of the Judiciary. The- uh, what Lindsey Graham and what they did uh, earlier in January, which was the criminal referral. Right. The, okay. This is from Grassley and Graham on dated on uh, January 4th, 2018. This was sent to Rosenstein and Ray. So you got the DOJ and the FBI. Because I know that this is so incredibly, it can be confusing. So Grassley and Graham put on notice Rosenstein, the Deputy Attorney General, because remember, Sessions recused himself from mm-hmm. a bunch of, and of course, Ray. And uh, what they said, and I'm just paraphrasing, attached, please find a classified memorandum related to certain communications between Steele and multiple U.S. news outlets. Now, think about that, because I talk about that, too. And, and the, the communications regarding the so-called Trump dossier. Think about how... For example, how Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele play into this, being paid by Hillary Clinton and the DNC, as well as the FBI, to dig up dirt on Donald Trump, which none was found with respect to any criminal connections to Russia, but they're paying the alleged uh, allegations here, and I think we're going to find this to be true. They're paying media outlets to run and media personalities to. Uh, to run stories that are damaging to Donald Trump, and that even goes through today. How's that? Yeah, so my, my question is, okay, we learned from these reports that, uh, from these new text messages that have been released, that Obama wanted to be briefed and, and to know what was going on during the Clinton investigation. But what, what I'm confused about is this does not show that he knew about this before he said he did or before oh, the media came oh, out oh, with it. Oh, the, support of, the supporting documentation. Look, look, here's where the proof exists. But we know he, he sent, you said he sent uh, emails to Clinton's private server under a pseudonym. I mean, he obviously well, knew she okay. had a private server. He, he, he communicated with Clinton as well on a private non.gov server. All right, so it would be like you having a Yahoo account or a, I don't know, whatever account. And you communicating outside of the corporate structure. 
this is what Obama did. Obama had a fictitious name, much like Loretta Lynch. Loretta Lynch was Elizabeth Carlyle at Yahoo or at Gmail, I think it was. Okay? So this is the same thing Obama did. But here's what, and here's the nefarious aspect of this. And again, we're conflating kind of different issues. But think about this. What, what Hillary Clinton did while on Russian soil was communicate using from her private server to Barack Obama using her private email address to Obama's private email address from Russian soil, knowing full well that these devices were non-secured and right. dragging Obama into this. In addition, so, so Obama's got no plausible deniability for any of this. The other thing, and think about this, because and I go into great detail, uh, background information on this on, on my show, and I know that you, you you guys touch on this, but but the bottom line is this: Hillary Clinton knowingly dragged Obama into this criminal conspiracy, knowing that once she once she dragged him into this. He lacked the plausible deniability, yet he, yet he got, he was, got on the air and lied about this. And how did he cover, no, uh, well, no, wait, how did he cover this up? He, he, Nixon invoked executive privilege back in the day. How Obama prevented this from being known and for him to be able to lie with impunity or seemingly so is he invoked the Presidential Records Act. He sent everything to the library, and they're sealed now for a number of years, mm-hmm. and they're untouched. And this is the nefarious aspect of this. Uh, so, so let me ask you this: yeah. did, did Obama make a mistake at the end of his uh, his last term or his last year in the office by not issuing pardons for Clinton and <laughs> other people in the? Do you remember the, the yeah, discussions I, I, about? I know. Uh, I know. You know, should Obama pardon himself? Should he pardon Hillary Clinton on his way out the door? And are there other peoples that he should uh, pardon as part of this whole investigation? Man, that, that's a super question. And, and okay, so think about this. We know they know Donald Trump wins. What is preventing them to? What would prevent them to to um, issue pardons like that? Obviously, aside from the optics, aside from boy, that well, looks yeah, bad. Yeah, pardoning. Right. What's going on? But let's take it a step deeper. What would prevent, or what would cause? Uh, why, why wouldn't they be too concerned about this? Well, the, they have the the uh, deep state to, to cover them. They have the every agency of the U.S. government loyal to them and anti uh, to Trump to the the new incoming president. They feel that no matter what, the information is not going to come out, and they also feel that they're they've done a great job with their insurance policy enough so that Trump's not going to be president, so they're not going to worry about that's it. That's the ticket right there, and and I believe and all of the above. Yep, yep. Look, I I believe that that they figured that they could. Um, they could at least impeach Donald Trump by now. Yep. That's kind of what I think. Well, I think they, they banked on that. Um, if you yeah. look at some of the testimony and the changing testimony and the changing words from a clapper saying back then to what he's saying today to, um, I mean, look how far this has gone. Look how much has come out. You have uh, these text messages here that we still haven't seen the text messages that, messages that they said were missing. Well, those are still yet to come out. There was a release have, of messages. Um, why don't we have just all the messages released. Why, I think why are we getting 500 pages of them? But not all of them. Right. Why won't they release all of them? Well, that's a good point. And, and I know I, I read some text messages from 2015 and from 2017, uh, between Struck and Page. Now, I can't confirm the authenticity. This was not 
this is uploaded to uh, what is that Scribd or Scribd yeah. or whatever Scribd. Okay, but uh, but but here's what we here's what we have. At least in the FISA gate aspect, you've got the number four at justice, at main justice, Bruce Orr. His wife working for Fusion GPS. Now let's kind of walk through this together. Um, you've got, uh, and, and this came out through the Grassley memo and letter as well as the House. Okay. You've got in the Department of State, and this is the kind of second phase, and this is what else is coming out. You've got Victoria Newland as the assistant secretary, assistant deputy, assistant, whatever title is, uh, working in the Department of State along with Kerry. This is subsequent to Hillary Clinton. But you've got Steele passing information to the State Department. You've got the Department of State is giving inf- information to the FBI. You've got the FBI taking the information to the FISA court. So you've got Hillary Clinton working with Steele, paying Steele, taking Clinton's information, giving it to the Department of State, in this case now, this is something new, the Department of State giving the information to the FBI, the FBI then turning around and getting a FISA warrant. Okay, Victoria Newland is up to her eyeballs in this, uh, uh, Strobe Talbot's brother-in-law, Cody Shearer, and Strobe Talbot was Bill Clinton's Deputy, Deputy Secretary of State, he's up to his eyeballs, not Strobe Talbot, but uh, uh, Cody Shearer. Uh, is up to his eyeballs in this. And Cody okay. Shearer is also the, um, uh, a good friend of Sid Blumenthal. Now you're going to be hearing a lot about Blumenthal in the coming days, as you will on Shearer. It's important to understand Blumenthal is the, uh, adherent to and the purveyor of something called the Third Way. Okay. Remember that. The, the third, third Way. way. This is a Marxist socialist, um, no, Ideology. Not surprising. Okay. Okay, so I want to ask a question yeah. maybe you don't have the answer to, but I know, I don't know most of the listeners out there are asking this question. When are we going to see grand juries impaneled? When are we going to see charges filed? When are we going to see <sighs> this taken to at the next level? I mean, Peter Strauch still works in the FBI. Right. These people are still in the Department of Justice. The only person that, that had any consequences was James Comey, and they're still going after the president for his firing even though they even called him incompetent after they reopened the email investigation. I mean, there's so much here. You have the uh, mishandling of the Hillary Clinton email investigation. You have the sedition and conspiracy against President Trump. You have, in the email investigation, the reemerging of evidence in Anthony Weiner's computer that was kept secret for over a month trying to protect Hillary Clinton during the run-up to the presidential election. You have you this false out the Russia wazoo. investigation. You have these text messages. You have the the memo detailing how they basically you know shopped this this um, uh, opposition research as intelligence information, not only to the media but to the FISA court to get warrants of surveillance on the presidential candidate and his campaign. When are people going to go to jail? When are people going to be facing charges? That's what the okay. American people uh, are. I can, I can see, based on the information right now, especially from the Senate Judiciary Committee, I can see where a grand jury could be impaneled or even a second special counsel. A special counsel to investigate. Because remember, we... Let's have special counsels for the special counsels. And well, the, yeah, almost, but, but you know, the you grand jury... Of them. But, but And think about impaneling a grand jury in the environment, in the D.C. environment, it would be like, you know, peeing in the ocean, okay? It's okay. just not, like not going to uh, work. The Mendez corruption yeah. trial, that was basically democratic jury nullification. Uh, essentially, right, yeah. 
Will that be a factor? Well, again, in all this? look I mean, at the venue. If you think about that. Look at the. Could venue. you imagine these people being brought up on charges? The people like Strauch and and Rosenstein and and Bruce Ors and them actually going to trial and being uh, let off because of the political leanings of some of the jurors. How infuriating would that be? Look, I, I think the charges here are sufficient enough to even go. In, in, and I know that Q and honest. If you follow that, if you believe that, okay, fine. But even uh, perhaps like tribunal kind of hearings because of the sedition and the treason, this, this is so huge. Let's not discount any of this. But think about perhaps maybe, um, look, I, I, I would I would say that we would see some sort of uh, perp walks beginning with the lower hanging fruit. Uh, it could very well be in the midsummer. But, 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 uh, and if not, you know, we still have to keep pushing the information out there. Look, you can't, just because. No, of course we do. You know, and, but we talk about and the don't seat. send me emails saying, well, what are you going to do about it? What, what the hell you want okay, from well, me? Well, listen, this is the problem. We have, um, this is some of the most explosive scandals, series of scandals in modern political history. And you have all this information coming out. We're learning all these things. And for over a year and a half, we've been defending President Trump, fighting the mainstream media, defending those people who have been exposing these things. And now here we are, all the evidence is there. The media is still trying to spin it like it is something that is not happening. Uh, the, 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 all the evidence is not there. It's not still all coming. the evidence. I mean, but what we have so far, I would say, is enough to, to you know, start uh, prosecuting people. And people are wondering, uh, you know. I, I think when, when, the, when the public demands it, when the public gets angry enough to call up their congressman continually and saying, you know what, you, you get your butt in gear. Okay, and when, when Sessions becomes accountable for, uh, you, you know, Sessions, as far as I'm concerned, recusing himself, uh, man up, get the hell out of your, your little elf corner there, and, and start doing your your job, okay? Um, well, it, yeah, it, I mean, this is what the, peop- the people, uh, pretty soon, if they don't start to see movement in the right direction here, I would hope that in mass they go out and demand it. Protests, it's calling coming. the congressmen, writing letters, starting petitions, you're, whatever you're it is, because um, pitchforks. Yeah, you can't expect these people to hold themselves accountable. We have to keep our foot on the gas pedal in order to keep this thing moving forward. And we're obviously not going to let it go. We're going to continue to talk about this when we come back from the break. Uh, more news in the next segment, followed by Brandon House in hour two. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. segment of the Hagman Report on this Wednesday edition. Um, we're going to continue to talk about the scandals that are being uncovered from the highest levels of government. But first, I got a text message from Eric today, and he said that Erie made the Drudge Report again today. So we, I went to the site and clicked on the link, and sure enough, 
Erie has set its record for the most snow in a winter. Now That's saying a lot. Yeah, because it snows a lot here. We had that big snow, snow from from uh, Christmas Eve until the 27th, where we got 87 or some inches. But our uh, see, our, our highest season ever was 149 inches. We broke that at 149.1, and they say that still 30% of our snowfall for the season has not fell yet. Oh, great. So we have a long, a long way to that. go. But they said they also said the lake was 96% frozen over which when the lake is not frozen over and the water is warmer than the air temperature, that's the cause for the lake effect snow. So without the lake effect snow, the uh, the instant, uh, you know, blizzards and whatnot go away, and, uh, and you only get the snow when the storms come in, which still happens a lot. But um, pretty interesting. We're definitely going to retain our title again for the snowiest city uh, per 100,000 people uh, in the country. So, so there's that. But anyway... Uh, and there's a few other things I want to get into that are not part of this. The, those people who are, I just want to mention this again. Those people who are watching this via YouTube on archive. Okay, here's what you do. You want to watch us live? Remember when you used to watch us live and you liked it? Go to HagmanReport.com. I, I know, I know that I'm talking to no one right now in terms of the people who saying, where'd they go? Okay. I'm talking to you who are not watching this live, but by archive. HagmanReport.com. There it is. Eric has, you know, Eric has made this like full, if I can do this, Eric, the way Eric made it, yeah, anyone can. Okay, yep. so Eric's just, so right there in the drop down yep. menu where it says radio show, or just to the right of the uh, main news box where it says watch now, live stream, and, and, and you click there. I'm going to tell you right now, I, I really believe because uh, look, it costs a lot of money to 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 do what we're doing in terms of providing and in terms of uh, live streaming over satellite. It, it does. So mm-hmm. as long as we have people, as long as we have the support, we can be independent of YouTube. Use them only as an archive, and just come on to HagmanReport.com and you can view the live content content there. And you know what else? If you if you support us. We we can we can also obtain uh, correspondence out there, the, the, the truth seekers, to go out and to um, to interview congressmen, to interview senators, to interview the the, the people who, who you want answers from. But the, you know, there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, I, why should I pay for this? Well, <laughs> a man is worthy of his hire. No, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the people, Joe, that that would that we would we would have to go out to. Get in the face of senators and, and congressmen. When I say get in the face, I'm talking respectfully, you know, uh, to, but forceful, forcefully, uh, and saying, "Look, we want. Why are why aren't you having a a, a grand jury? Why you know why aren't you doing a special counsel? Right. So that's well, see, that. the, the YouTube so. thing. Uh, as we were saying off air, uh, the more I look at this, the more I wonder if there wasn't some some actual targeting going on because you know, the, yes. as these scandals have been breaking throughout the last month, month and a half. There has been a, a huge shift in momentum as far as what people were paying attention to. And we noticed, you know, 95% of our listens are archive listens, no matter what. But we noticed a huge increase on the um, live stream listens. And then uh, subsequent traffic, the archive listens would go up, you know, uh, uh, an overall listens would go up, you know, 70% for, oh, yeah. for a few weeks sure. there. And then, sure. boom, you get hit with that copyright violation and no more live streaming. 
which the live streaming seemed to give us more traction in the archive listens as well. And it seems like we, we, uh, we've been set back a little bit because of that. But I know the audience is still out there. I know. But, but um, Eric, Eric did a fine job within 24 hours. We're up on Global Surf Satellite Radio. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the, the changes and that we made. What radio. I'm saying is that I'm, the, the more I look at this, the more I'm, I'm starting to believe it actually was a very targeted thing, uh, with the intended goal. Not so much as putting a copyright claim against the channel with the intended goal of stopping the ability to live stream. Because even though the copyright claim was, was put there and since been lifted, the restriction has not been lifted, which was the whole, the, the copyright claim was the whole reason for the restriction. So it makes no sense <laughs> yeah. that we are still down. And I think it has something to do with the amount of momentum our channel and certain other channels were gaining in the, uh, in the wake of all this breaking information coming out about all these scandals. Because there are not many channels out there. I mean, there are a lot of people who talk about this stuff. But there are not many channels that, uh, have been breaking it down and been on top of it and right. have been understanding it like we have and with the caliber of guests that we have. So uh, I think that it was a, uh, an active move to, uh, diminish the effect that we could have out there. And, and one more thing since we're talking about this, because I think this is important. If, you, if you're out there and, and you are part of the new honest media and you're doing the job that, that, and you're making a difference, all right, you're going to suffer some severe consequences. There are going to be people who will, um, uh, frivolously sue you. Okay. Uh, I, I, I I'm not allowed to talk about this, but I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. All right, when you start unpacking who the hell these people are, and you start looking at these so-called little blog sites that are ankle biters, basically, and you start unpacking what's behind them and who's behind them, and, and their attempts to get into our organization, suddenly you realize, wait a minute, they're not who they say they are. And, and, and they're little mispriss. And they have connections. Or, or, or they're, or they're, you know, certain. oh, I'm just, I'm just a, you know, retired, you know, I'm just a good Christian out here. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to, and, and you listen to me and you listen to me good. All right. Because when certain things are, are, when the restraints are off of me, I'm coming. All right. Legally. Don't, and don't misconstrue my words. I'm telling you right now, I'm coming. Do not misconstrue my words. This is on a legal basis. Oh, Barrett over there has a little red button where he can mute out certain parts of what you're saying, so it won't won't come across. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna get us into some trouble. Just to be clear, okay? Even though, I, because even I have to be clear. Is, is deserving. Ta- I am talking about a legal I know. response. A legal response. I know. My word! How but much more me. clearer do I have to make it? Oh, it doesn't matter. It'll be taken out of context. Cut. But, so legally, I'm coming. Yeah, and the legally part will be absent and from so, any uh, statements that are <laughs> out there. Unfortunately, buckle up. But that's how it happens. Switching gears here. There's a few stories I want to get into aside from the scandals that are going on. This is a story from a few days ago, and it really didn't seem that important, uh, but. I had it in my bookmarks, and we're going to talk about this. Officials postpone school's daddy-daughter dance due to NYC's gender-neutral policy. Some parents say it's political correctness gone too far. Officials opted to postpone the father-daughter dance at a school in Staten Island because it excludes other genders, claiming city policies force them to scrap the tradition. Some parents say being politically correct has gone too far, 
as the disappointed girls at P65 say that they've been getting ready for the dance for months. This would, uh, excuse the, exp- uh, no, no I didn't want, this pisses me off to no end. And if you're, uh, if you're upset about that language, you should be more upset by what Joe's talking about. All right, you take away my privilege, or, or, or I shouldn't say privilege, my right to dance with my daughter. Okay, who in the hell do you, wait, no, what in the hell is wrong with you? Well, there's a lot. Okay. We're going to get into that. And the ideological, the, this country, as I've said before, does not have a problem with intolerance. We tolerate too flippin' much. All right? And everyone out there who's a conservative, who's a Christian, who's a Christian conservative, and you tolerate this kind of crap, I'll tell you one thing. If my daughter was in that school, I would go, don't even get, I mean, you're getting me started, because I would go in there, you know, we're going to have a father, biological father, with a biological daughter, dance. And you know what? I'm going to put it on. All right? And you're going to get the hell out of my way. And as far as you snowflakes are concerned, okay, Go find a corner. Go find a teddy bear to hug. Do whatever you do, but get out of my way. This is wrong. Well, this is what the uh, the article continues. The, this year's dance was supposed to be on Friday, the Friday right before Valentine's Day, but the school principal directed the Parent-Teacher Association to reschedule it because of the Department of Education's gender-neutral policy. It was originally put in place a year ago and requires school events to include all types of students and families. It's kind of a letdown, fifth grader. Angelia Lobo said, at least I could still spend time with my dad. It's supposed to be father and daughter. Grandparent Tracy Javo said, father and daughter need to have relationships and uh, feel good. Anyway, the dance, they say, is rescheduled for March and it will be open to the entire school community. Some parents say being politically correct is getting in the way of reinforcing a special bond. What a jackass. You know, this politically correct stuff, the social justice warriors, the, the uh, liberal insanity insanity that we see, I've said it before, it ruins and it affects everything. If you don't like the concept of the daddy-daughter dance, don't, well, go. yeah, don't participate in it. Or, you know, participate in it in your own way, but don't ruin it for everybody else, all the other uh, daughters and fathers out there that were looking forward to this. And we see this in a number of areas in our society where... Um, these problems are, are just ruining the curriculums of school. Peter Chauka mentioned a report that we had up on Hagman Report earlier this week that talked about a school curriculum at a school in Illinois where they have completely removed the, uh, the learning, the, the, uh, the mathematics, the history, the reading, and instead they have basically created a, a curriculum of uh, anti-racism schooling. Since then, all the kids' comprehension and test scores have plummeted, and it has just turned into to a, basically a circus. But I'm going to find the, on, on Hagman Report, uh, I'm going to put the title out there, and you guys can go find it. You're going to have to load the old stories at the bottom of uh, the news feed. But this is just, you know, another example. We see this all too often where these policies of political correctness and what you said, tolerance, too much to- tolerating anything. If you start to blur the lines of, uh, you know, right and wrong, and you have no discernment, uh, you know, how where does it end? I mean, we can take this to the the to the extreme, and that's where they're going. 
just like when they said, you know, you start accepting homosexual ma- homosexual marriage, it's going to open the door for the pedophilia. People are going to out there justifying stuff. screwing goats. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where and we're headed. Is, that's where we are, and you, it, it's absolutely shocking to see what society is allowing to happen. And the only way I can describe it as is the way we've been describing it, which is it's it's a spirit. It's an evil spirit that is apparently uh, possessing so many people. The article from Hagman Report is from February 1st. Inside a public school social justice factory. It's a school in Adena, Minnesota. And what they have done here since 2013 is they adopted a strategic plan, a policy or initiative that recorded the district's mission from academic excellence for all students to racial equality. And I'm not going to go through this whole article because really? it's very long. Uh, but okay. they, they post right. the, the, uh, they even say in their own in their own curriculum that this they're learning how to apply Marxist feminist post colonial lessons to literature and, and, from K through twelve. Okay, okay, and, and this is this is that third way that Sid, Sid Blumenthal is part of and, and promoted, and, and this is the Hillary Clinton agenda and her ideology because those are the very same people I, I mentioned Pedigate, I mentioned Pizzagate. All right. How many? Sorry, because this ties into what you're talking about. Pedogate, Pizzagate. Okay. You, uh, you, uh, oh man. They call this a, a the oh. the Highlands Elementary's new racial racially conscious curriculum, where the teachers uh, run blogs and and school programs uh, for black with Black Lives Matter propaganda, rainbow gate pride flags, along with banners in the school. I want my gay marriage back. is our right. Gay marriage is our right. And the alphabet. F is for feminist. F is A is for, for activist. Frank. T a is, is for, for Adams. T is for no, this Thomas. Is, I mean, but imagine this. Imagine going to a school. You have kindergarten through 12th grade. And the alphabet. Literally. T for trans. Yeah. F for feminist. All right. F this. Because no, no, M for Marxist. R- r- right. Uh, it, it, this this is the overtaking. This is child abuse. It is child abuse, and it's it's brainwashing and re reeducation is what it is. So and turn if, me if you de- just de- turn me loose, if you dig deep down into this article and you get start to getting to the um, the comprehension scores, the test scores, you see that all both white and black, male, female students are all failing. They're all much lower, and this article also details. A number of parents who took their children out of this school in order to find more, uh, to find better academic schools because this used to be an okay. academic homeschool standard. Homeschool, homeschool, <laughs> and have homeschool dances. You know what? Get get your kids the hell out of the public school system. And where does this come from? Think about this. Our tax dollars pay for this, right? But but okay. Why are kids in the public school system? Because it's free. They're govern. It's it's not public. It's government. It's not education. It's indoctrination. How many people really understand what's going on? Because we have to have two income families families to support a lifestyle. Remember the nuclear family of the 1940s and 50s. What did World War Two? This is huge. Go back to World War II and understand how the men went overseas, the women went into the factories, and never turned back from there. It goes back that far. That was that was designed to take place. 
And then, of course, you had the 50s, the uh, seemingly solidification of the American family, disrupted, of course, by the 60s when the when the woman had to go out in the workforce and claim this feminist, you know... Uh, and remember, the Rockefellers all, uh, there said you go. that they... There you that go. The, but one of the main reasons that they uh, pushed for women's rights and women to, to, to uh, work, the women's revolution, was to be able to tax the other half of the population. Right. That was their right. first reason. That they said in their own memoirs and, and, and documents. That makes perfect sense to me. Because, hey, what is this FICA thing? Who, who's FICA? <laughs> Who, who's that I'm paying? Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's right. So what we have to do is, and that's why there's such a, a big attack on, a big assault on the American families. On yeah, the nuclear the families, families. Right. And one, one last right. social justice story here. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you what, one more. The University of Central Oklahoma has opened its arms to drag queens All right. and I, safe sex carnivals, but draw the lines at Christians who believe God created the heavens and the earth. Ken Ham, the founder of the Popular Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter, was disinvited from speaking on the public university after on campus after an ugly campaign of bullying by LGBT activists. Todd Starn's radio show obtained exclusive emails between the Student Association and Answers in Genesis explaining why they had to rescind the invitation and opt out of a uh, signed and legally binding contract. We are currently getting bombarded with complaints from our LGBT community uh, about Ken Ham speaking on our campus. Student body president uh, Stockton Duval wrote on January 25th, I was going to request that Mr. Ham refrains from talking on the issue, even if asked his views during the Q&A. Ham was scheduled to deliver his marks on March 5th at the university's Constitution Hall. How ironic. I find it highly ironic that after being booked <laughs> to speak in the school's Constitution Hall, our constitutional right to free speech and the exercise of religion guaranteed under the First Amendment have been denied. But the school has, you know, as I said, they have the uh, drag queen show, and safe sex okay. carnivals. My question is, where are the churches? Where in the hell are the churches? Where's the conservative Christians? Where are the people standing up? You know, I'll tell you a, a big segment. And the, uh, the people who are not showing up to this are the very people who are saying, well, you know what? Uh, the people that pick on, like, uh, for example, they'll go after, uh, who's that, that uh, Dr. Dinosaur guy? Who is that? Bill Nye? No, 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 no. The guy with Dinosaur. the, the guy that spent time in prison. Dr. Dino, who, who the, the, Dobemeyer, Dave Dobemeyer, coach, Dave. Um, I'm drunk. Uh, Ken Hovind. Oh, Ken, yeah, okay. Ken okay, there are so-called self-professed Christians out there who will take issue with Ken Hovind. For, for example, in my opinion, listen carefully to what I'm saying now, in my opinion, it's a shame that we've got to actually say this, but they'll take they'll take they'll, they'll take issue with. Well, he's a tax cheat. He broke the law. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to hell, you know. If you would put more time, you scumbags. In my opinion, you pieces of, of <laughs> filth. In my opinion, if you would put more time into fighting what's really going on here, instead of your surface level crap. My goodness, maybe you could make a difference instead of your sanctimonious bullcrap out there. This program, by the way, is sponsored by nobody today. <laughs> That's a good thing. You're giving me Adam Schiff eyes. No, uh, the, I'll tell you what, article. man, I am fired up. To, to continue on, just to finish. Take uh, my daughter 
daddy daughter dance away from me. You take you, you go yeah, you on take this. The, the creationist and Ham said that a small but vocal group on campus put up a fuss about my talk, and the university caved in. A pastor at the uh, school said he did not fault the student government association president for caving caving to the mob. I think this young man was bullied and intimidated. I think he succumbed to the bullying that these LGBTQ groups are known for. Those that scream out and demand tolerance are, in actuality, the least tolerant group of individuals on the planet, uh, Pastor Blair said. So, you know, we see this over and over again. It's, it's a, uh, unfortunately a uh, continuing trend that basically a, a small segment of the population demands special rights while shouting down and, and calling everybody else Nazis and oppressors. They are the biggest oppressors of them all. And it's not going to stop until we disallow them from bullying us around, from, you know, them, from just, stopping them from pushing us around. Pizza Gates, Pizza Gates fake, Petty Gates fake, Alinsky the rules for radicals, that's out of date, doesn't matter. Just to be clear. Well, I'm just saying we can't. Right, I just want to these be, people you know, in, in these positions and it's, it's of power. It's good to be tolerant. It's good to be. People embrace, in embrace positions of, of making these decisions embrace. need to stand up to the, the scrutiny from these LGBT groups and, and, and go ahead and not cave in to their pressure. Why are you allowing these people, as this article says, to dictate and to bully you into making decisions about who can come and speak at your college just because people who were never going to come watch this guy talk demand that he not talk there, so they're going to cave into that? Why do these people care? Just don't go. You weren't going to go in the first place. There's going to be shooting more. There is going to be a shooting more. more. It's going to... It, the, I this is what I we've been it. talking about. Is this divide going to lead to some kind of civil war? At, at least that's what many people think is going to happen. Now we cannot, as, as Christians, you know, people say, "Oh, you got to forgive, you got to unite." That's all well and good, but we cannot unite with a group of people who advocate abortion. We cannot unite with a group of people who hate Jesus and those who follow Jesus. That's out of the question. I'm not saying you have to fight them, but we don't have to give in to their ideas and ideologies. That's what the church is doing and making a fatal mistake in doing so because they are conforming to the world and actually changing what is in Scripture in order to placate the world. And you see it time and time again, whether it's the Presbyterian Church or the Catholic Church, every time they lose more and more people, more and more followers. There's less people who have faith in their institutions, and they look weak. And then they go all the way and start having homosexual pastors and gay weddings and on and on and on. Before you know it, they have the Queen James Bibles in the pew. Maybe no Bibles at some point. That's the direction that they are heading. So we can never cave into that. Not even one bit. Not a little bit. That's why it is uh, so important that we always speak out and fight. Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. All-day marathon speech sets record as long as continuous speech since at least 1909. She spoke for eight hours. How did she do that and not have to go to the bathroom or at her age or not have no, to no, no, uh, she sit went. down? She went. Was she wearing Don't diapers? be fooled. Don't, it doesn't matter. That's what progressives do. Okay. You know, she went. I'm sure she did. She probably wore the pens. You know, I wish or, she would work this hard to do something good for Again, the American perfect. people. There you She's go. doing this because of illegal immigrants. And while I think many people in America would agree that some type of, of uh, border security and, and uh, pathway to citizenship for DACA or DREAMers 
can be accomplished, why is this her only issue? Why can she do nothing but obstruct government and, and sit here and advocate for illegal immigrants? She doesn't care about anybody else right now. Only illegals. And why no, is they're, that? No, they're not immigrants. They are aliens. Same They're illegal. illegal. No, no, immigrants, no, no. Illegal aliens. Use, okay, they're in this country illegally. That's, the that's a that fact. Illegal. That's illegal a fact. Illegal immigrants. Illegal aliens in this country. Illegal. Fact. It's They're illegal. Not allowed by law. They are trespassing on the United States of America. What, what are we, what are we, what are we going to feed them dinner? Uh, illegal immigrants and illegal aliens, same difference to me. Uh, 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 take me down, man. In fact, take it out. I, 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 I can't, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I, tonight, tonight. I know you're having a rough go, night. Go, I'm. All right. Anyway, so Pelosi trying to filibuster sets a record for uh, eight hours standing and and trying to uh, get the House to vote on a immigration bill. But oh yeah, thanks, Eric. There were uh, even Democrats who were there watching her. Uh, there's video of them sitting there sleeping. Now, my question is, do the congressmen have to listen to that? Can they leave? Do they have to stand there and, and, I mean, is it, there's, is there some rule where if it's in session and somebody's speaking and you're, you, you're able to be there, you have to be there? I think, no, I think that you can actually talk to an empty chamber. Well, I know you can talk to an empty chamber, but I mean, did it last week when he was complaining about Trump being, you know, a a tyrant. But, But imagine, if you're not, those who weren't gouging their ears out, you know, like putting uh, putting yeah, pencils through their there, into their brain, sitting there watching intently for eight hours. Nancy right. Pelosi, right? Yeah, there. I bet there's some some gold mine clips in that eight hours that that will come out in the next day or two. That's for sure. The uh, stock market had uh, a terrible day Friday and Monday, but it looks yet like yesterday it gained back pretty much all of what it lost on Friday, and now we have. Uh, I believe it it finished up today. It was up uh, earlier when I looked at it over a hundred points, but um what's up with the stock market? Lots of volatility. We had Stephen Menking on the Daily Show yesterday and he gave his analysis as to what he believed was going on in the market and it and it really is uh really good as always. But uh we both agree that the smart money. You know, you know, no one will come on my show. They, they, I you call them up. Nobody. I call them up and they say, Hell no. You haven't invited one person on your show, have you? <laughs> no. No. Okay. It's, it's good. Menke was good yesterday. On your show. He was really good. Yeah. When we come back, Brandon House will be joining us. We're going to talk about the government corruption, the FISA memo, and much more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. of the Hagman Report. Brandon House is going to be joining us in just a few moments. I'm going to cover a few things while we wait for him to come on. How many people have saw that there is a potential serial killer in Las Vegas targeting homeless people? And uh, they, I, I see this article as on Drudge, but I have, um, when I listen to the radio during the day, I use TalkStream Live. And I listen to, to the first crime. Always go to the first crime. I listen to Laura Ingram and then Michael Savage, but I listen to the Usually it's the Las Vegas feed, you know, the local station there that that I listen to. So they were talking about this at length this morning. But the police in Las Vegas say the same gunman is responsible for fatally shooting two homeless men 
and wounding two other people in the past nine days. Three of the four victims were homeless, and the other, who was shot, uh, was about 60 miles north of Vegas, was by himself outside a convenience store when the gunman opened fire. Now, they are saying, they've conducted forensic analysis, and they all bullets linked to the same gun, all four shootings. So, they believe the shooter is a white or Hispanic male, and he was captured on video surveillance. But just, uh, very interesting. We had the, uh, serial killer in Tampa, just at the very end of last year, where he was targeting people who was riding the bus and, uh, worked at McDonald's, I believe. And now there's, a, another serial killer here in Las Vegas targeting the homeless people. Um, and I always find these stories and investigations fascinating for some reason. I don't know what it is, but. Well, you know, we bring, we bring on, uh, the people. profilers. Uh, and, yeah. And, and I think it's, I think it's good. And I think, uh, that we're going to see more and more of this, I believe, as we, as we see the, the, uh, dissolution of our, of our moral and social structure at the hands of the progressives. Yeah. And, yeah. um, oh, absolutely. And there's a, a few interesting stories out there about, uh, you know, the, the Me Too movement, uh, an old interview of Quentin Tarantino's out there talking about how the yeah. girl, uh, the child Roman Polanski raped, uh, wanted to have sex with Roman Polanski and it wasn't raped. That, that makes it all better. That and makes, he's, that's, that's all. And, and these feminists go up and clap for this, this, yeah. uh, pervert. Well, he is facing some backlash over that. And then in an interesting story, a person I've never heard about as being part of the Trump administration, a guy named Rob Porter, a White House staff secretary resigned from his position today following allegations that he choked and punched his first ex-wife in 2010, which, okay, uh, he, he assaulted his wife in 2010, his ex-wife. Why is he having to resign or leave his job today because of that? I, I That bothers me. Steve Wynn was also voted out of his uh, uh, company that he started over mere allegations as well, um, which, again, we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And, you know, once you, you face your charges and, and uh, are held accountable for your crime, there, there's no such thing as double jeopardy. You can't go back and charge a person again. So these people who are getting in trouble, you know, two, three times having to leave their jobs for something that happened 10 years ago, obviously I don't condone any of that behavior, but I just think it's a dangerous road we're on where a mere accusation uh, can ruin somebody's life. Anyway, with that, we have Brandon House with us. Brandon, it's great to have you back on the show. It's been a while since we've had you on. So much has come out in the in the public eye since the last time we've talked. Bring some sanity. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Great to be with you guys. It's great to have you. What do you guys want to talk about tonight? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, you got any good recipes for... Uh... Actually, actually, I did do a whole hour cooking program uh, for the holidays on how to cook fried chicken. There you go. Southern lady from Mississippi. So if folks want to watch that at WVWTV.com, they get a kick out of this lady from uh, Yazoo City, Mississippi, teaching me how to make fried chicken. But uh, I, I, I love me some good fried chicken. <laughs> You know that's right. <laughs> but I thought tonight we might want to talk about Hamas, uh, uh, Islamophobia, the FBI taking on Islamophobia and working with Muslims. Georgetown University, the Jesuit school, Georgetown University, is running an Islamophobic uh, event called Bridges. That's funny. The FBI is also running an Islamophobia thing called Bridges. Uh, so they're all worried about those of us that speak truth about Islam while they partner up with uh, well-known Muslim Brotherhood and give awards to known Muslim Brotherhood leaders. Uh, we can talk about something I've been dealing with in my program extensively, 
and that is the uh, economic war that's being waged on America by China and Russia. Most Americans have no clue that uh, China and Russia are openly waging an economic war on America. Both of them want to be global superpowers. I guess they're going to figure out later who's going to be in charge, Russia or China. But in the meantime, Russia and China have agreed to work together to to, uh, to damage the American currency, the U.S. dollar, to challenge it as the world reserve currency, uh, to rival the International Monetary Fund that we're a part of, although I'm no big fan of the International Monetary Fund, to rival the World Bank. Again, America's part of that, not a big fan of that, but China and Russia are working to undermine our entire system in order to be the big global superpower. So uh, that's something I talked about extensively this afternoon on a one-on-one conversation privately with Craig Smith of Swiss America, who you often see with Neil Cavuto on Fox News. And uh, this is a big deal. Most Americans not realize, do not realize that this is going on, that China and Russia have hacked into our power grid. This is a matter of fact. This is not conspiracy. Go look it up. It's well-known. Ted Koppel, uh, in his book Lights Out, a best-selling book, has documented it, ha- as have others, uh, that China and Russia are in our grid. Now, in fairness, we're likely in their grid. Our national intel community is likely in their grid. Uh, but Russia and China are in our grid. They're also investing in our country. They're investing in our financial markets in big, big ways. And some say it's so that they can then exploit our free market system to bring us the most damage when we're the most vulnerable, such as Russia back in about 2008. They had $62.5 billion, that's billion with a B, uh, dollars in bonds in Freddie and Fannie. If you guys remember uh, the Freddie... Freddie oh, Mac. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that big that big catastrophe because our government was giving loans to people that we should have known could have never afforded to pay them back. Uh, well, apparently Russia decided they want to jump in and be a part of that, and they bought up sixty two point five billion dollars in bonds. And when we were starting to have financial troubles several months in advance before the collapse of Fannie and Freddie, they pull out, which wasn't the cause of the problem, but boy, did it exacerbate the problem. In other words, it seems like they know how to come into our system, take part in our system, and then pull out and create a problem when they can. And uh, most Americans, again, are oblivious to this, or that they are working to build a banking system and have built a banking system uh, to try to get rid of the American dollars, the world reserve currency. They've created the uh, Brinks banking system, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South America. They've all come together. Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South America. They've all come together to form the BRICS banking system uh, and to develop the Asian Development Bank with the cooperation of China and Russia together uh, to rival the World Bank. So, again, China and Russia have openly declared an economic war on America, and one of the most powerful ways to do that, and the most one of the most powerful weapons in this economic warfare is uh, damaging the U.S. power grid and hacking into our systems, and we could get into the specifics, but uh, again, what happened in the stock market the other day with this massive spike, mm-hmm. we still have no uh, firm handle on why that happened. We can have Economists can tell us what their theory is, but do you think the government's ever going to come out and tell you, oh yeah, what happened is that Russia or China was fooling around inside our uh, software and then generated all these bots in order to... Um, put off false information, which then triggered these 
automatic computerized sales to, to, to crash the market? Or was it the deep state? Was the deep state involved in doing this in order to take away Donald Trump's, uh, hey, look at how great the economy is since I got elected? Exactly, Brandon. Elected, I warned that the deep state would probably, at some point, if they got tired of him, just collapse the economy and say, uh, and then say, look, uh, blame it on him. Yeah, and, and let's look at this from a, from a number of angles. One, you had the, uh, the huge losses, uh, from Friday and Monday on the heels of, of great economic news, the projected 5.4% growth this next quarter. You had, uh, wages at all times high, plus you had Americans getting more money back as the tax bill kicked in. And many people, uh, who are, who have been watching this Trump presidency very closely and see the, the explosive scandals that are uh, dominating the news headlines say, yes, well, why wouldn't the deep state want to hit Trump in the one area where he's been very successful with the tax cuts, with the stock market? It's the economy. The economy's been very strong since he's taken office. And why not uh, hit hit him where it hurts? Also, you have the, uh, what you talked about, you have these uh, uh, computers and algorithms and, and uh, these systems now where computers are able to manipulate markets and uh, change the, the, the momentum and then what you talked about, the, the bots and the actual manipulation on top of that. And there are so many factors that play into this. And it doesn't make sense that we'd see these huge uh, point drops in, on the heels of, of such great economic news. And also, we also know that we're in the, the, the midst of the biggest political scandals in modern American history. With all this information coming out about the undermining of Trump and the FBI, the DOJ, the Obama administration. And, you know, while this is going on, the economy is looking very strong. But here they are to, you know, uh, uh, throw a monkey wrench in that. But it looks like we've regained a little bit of footing in the last few days, and hopefully that trend continues. Yeah, and hopefully that trend does continue. There's an excellent report out there from the Center for Security Policy. You can get it off their website free of charge, and it is on Putin's reset. Putin's reset. You can pick the report up at uh, Center for Security Policy. I think their shorter URL is uh, securefreedom.org. And they put out these uh, reports from time to time, and, and this one was on Putin's reset. There's an article, or excuse me, a chapter in this lengthy report. I think it's about ten different authors. And one of the authors is a guy named Kevin Freeman. His report starts on page 65. But on page 76, and by the way, his whole chapter is about Russia economic warfare. Here's what he writes on page 76. Russia cyber capabilities are well known. Yet few realize that Russians have already hacked the NASDAQ. They've hacked the NASDAQ infrastructure that is so critical to our stock market. In fact, according to press reports, they placed a, quote, digital bomb, end quote, presumably to sit undetected until a time of their choosing. He says, recall how Russia national was a Russian national was convicted in 2013, although later acquitted, of stealing trade algorithms from Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, uh, Goldman thought that this action was a serious risk to their firm and presumably the markets. Even if the taking of the codes was innocent, the fact that they could be taken so easily is real. And the reality that the stolen trade codes could destabilize the market is frightening. According to the NASDAQ, a couple paragraphs later, he says, according to the NASDAQ hack, we have definitive proof that Russian spies have been researching methods for destabilizing our stock market. In fact, a banker acting as a spy was arrested in January 2015 after the FBI eavesdropped on a conversation with his Russian handler telling him 
to explore how exchange-traded funds and trading robots could be used to destabilize American stock markets. All of this is part of a very sophisticated cyber attack strategy to undermine America's reputation and the American economy. Russia has some of the world's best hackers. Most recently, the Russians have, blamed, have been blamed for hacking the Democratic National Committee. So there you go, guys. I mean, uh, we have to under, un, understand that whether it's maybe the deep state letting Russia and China do some of these things, or they doing it themselves, again, before Trump was elected, I said, hey, if they can't control this guy, what says they don't collapse the markets and then blame it on him? Because, again, what's his big thing? A business, growth, a strong economy, jobs. Well, just collapse the economy and then say, oops, you know, and, and who's going to be the wiser for really yeah. what happened, how it happened? And, Brendan, I want to – you mentioned the election, election hacking, and uh, I want to bring this up just real quick because I saw a story in the New York Post from today – and it says Russia successfully hacked into voter rolls during the 2016 election. And the New York Post is usually pretty good about this. But what this article goes on to say is that the Russian government successfully hacked into voter rolls in a small number of U.S. states in the run-up to the 2016 election. But, but if you guys remember this, Indiana, Idaho, and Georgia all claimed that the DHS was the one who hacked into their computers, hacked into their election system. So now the DHS turning around and saying, well, uh, you know, with this misleading headline that Russia successfully hacked into voter rolls in the run-up to the election, and the title says successfully hacked into voter rolls during the election. But we know what, what happened here. There is no Russian bots. There was not Russian bots pushing fake news, and there was no Russian hacking, meddling, or collusion, except with the Hillary Clinton side, and the DNC's collusion with Christopher Steele and the Russians to gather the opposition research. But it's so deceptive to see these headlines and then them covering up the fact that DHS was actually the one caught hacking into a number of state elections. Well, and you know, I don't know if you guys have covered the whole, the hero. Uh, that's what Joe DeGeneva, a former federal prosecutor, is calling uh, Admiral Mike Rogers, who is the head of the uh, NSA. National Security Agency. Have any of you heard the story of what Mike Rogers did? Um, no, refresh my memory. I'm not yeah, sure. Joe DeGeneva, and I played... I am clips. familiar with him, yes, okay. I play audio clips of this on my radio show today, and we'll continue doing that tomorrow, but Joe DeGeneva, former federal prosecutor, he has come out and given an interview to Daily Caller. It's a fascinating 20-30 minute interview where he really lays out everything that happened but in March uh, of uh, 2016, March of 2016, the NSA director, Admiral, Navy Admiral uh, Rogers, noticed what the FBI was doing and their shenanigans with the FISA court. And he waited and he took a whole inventory of what they were doing and collected all this information. Well, in November 2017, I believe the date was, November 2017 of 2017, last year, President Trump was president-elect. Joe DeGeneva says that the NSA director went to Trump Tower and informed the president-elect that he was being tapped, wiretapped and monitored by the intelligence community, people high-ranking in the FBI and the Justice Department. It is said that the next day is when Donald Trump moved his transition team from Trump Tower to his golf course 
in New Jersey. Now, I remember that being done, and I said to a friend of mine, what, why is he moving it from Trump Tower to his golf course in New Jersey? I thought perhaps it was the Secret Service that convinced him to do this. You know, we can probably keep you a little safer if you're not in smack downtown uh, New York. Uh, but it turns out it's because, they, according to Joe DeGeneva, they needed to sweep for the bugs and to clean things up because he's being monitored. Remember when Trump came out and said that he was tapped by the Obama administration? Yep. President Obama ta tapped him, and the media mocked him, made fun of him. Well, again, where did this information come from? Joe DeGeneva, the former 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 federal prosecutor, telling uh, Daily Caller in a lengthy interview, it came from the head of the NSA, Mr. Rogers, who uh, warned Trump about this. And and some of these folks high ranking in the government. Justice Department, FBI, wanted Rogers fired uh, as uh, there's that time period where President Trump is president elect and Obama's waiting to go out the door. And reportedly, Obama said, no, guys, I'm not going to do that. So that's all the media will talk about if I do that. But uh, reality is, we talk about some of the corruption at the highest levels of the Justice Department and the FBI. There are a lot of good guys at the lower levels. Uh, you know some of them. I know some of them. I know I, I have a friend that's in the NSA. I have a friend in the FBI. I have a friend in other intel commu uh, communities working. Uh, they're good people, many of them in these agencies that are disgusted by this, just as we are. But take a look at the uh, who Joe DeGeneva says is the hero of this, the uh, current NSA director who I think might be retiring. Maybe he'd make a great guy to take over the FBI and uh, clean that thing up. But uh, Admiral Rogers. Okay, no, and uh, Brandon, you did, I have seen that name um, on a number of, I believe, uh, Q and on threads. Uh, Mike, I know I, I've heard uh, them make reference to, to Mike Rogers. And, yes, we do know, even the New York Times published an article about uh, Trump Tower being wiretapped, and yet the, the same publication still turns around and mocks Trump, as you said, and, and uh, you know, says that he's wrong. Well, while you mention the media, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, we have, over the last few weeks, have been talking about this in the, the wake of the State of the Union address, that it doesn't matter what Donald Trump does, the media is against him. We know that with the midterm elections coming up, the left, this is their platform. They have no ideas. They have uh, nothing. The only thing that they have is their anti-Trump, uh, their Trump opposition. That's the only thing that they're running on. And we've talked about how this is a, a, a collective spirit of evil that is infecting these people, and, and that's why they have the same mindset, whether it's Hollywood, the media, and whatnot. Even today, when we learn that Trump was having plans to hold a military parade in Washington, D.C., possibly on Veterans Day this year, you know, they compared him to Kim Jong-un in North Korea and, you know, some authoritarian dictator. But even in the wake of the State of the Union address, uh, and, and everything else that Trump does, even, no matter how good it is for this country, these people mock him, they, they uh, lie about him, they twist his words, and then he calls them out for it, and then they say that's an attack on their on their First Amendment. But it seems that these people are in self-destruction mode. Brandon, do you think that the media is ever going to spin themselves into oblivion? Do you think the American people ha have basically uh, written them off as illegitimate for how insane they have gotten over these last two years? Well, why do you think your numbers are going up? Are your numbers going up or are your yep. numbers going down? No, they're going up. Sure. So are our numbers. Uh, our numbers are going up. We just had a record year in 2017. Uh, we had uh, the largest support we've ever had for our foundation. We have the most members we've ever had to our Situation Room at situationroom.net, our VIP club. 
uh, yeah, we're, we're seeing the highest numbers we've ever seen. We've had to add in more servers in the cloud to handle the uh, traffic. Why is that? Because the American people have learned they cannot trust the media. You know, something very interesting that Joe DeGeneva brought out in his uh, interview with Daily Caller, uh, in, and this is an interview from the end of January 20th was the interview. Uh, he said that Nunes there on Capitol Hill, Congressman Nunes, he already has the names. Uh, the, the FISA court filings are all blacked out as to who was at the Justice Department, who was at the FBI doing this, and who were some of the media people doing this, and who GPS Fusion, this uh, GPS Fusion for any new people or people need a reminder, is this private company that you could hire to do opposition research on a candidate. Planned Parenthood has hired them, other groups have hired them to go after and research Mitt Romney when he was running for president. So it's, it's, a, it's an opposition research company that will do the research for you and give you what you need to know. Well, reportedly, they were some of the ones that were shopping around and giving to the media this fake dossier about Russia and Trump uh, and, you know, things that supposedly went on in a hotel room that have all turned out, according to numerous sources, to be absolutely manufactured. Well, the word is that Nunes and members of Congress know exactly who some of the members in the media were that were reportedly paid by Fusion GPS. Thank you. Paid by, paid by, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, paid, paid for by Hillary Clinton to Fusion GPS, uh, via Perkins Coy, uh, to, to, uh, members of the media, as well as paid for, uh, via, or by, uh, the FBI as well to steal. And then, of course, from there it just bounces. But yes, follow the money. You're right. Go ahead, sir. And what you're talking about here then when this comes out, guys, is what will the public do when they find out that their so-called trusted members of the media have been nothing more than useful idiots for Gestapo, KGB-style tactics of high-ranking members of the FBI and the Justice Department. I'm very eager to get a hold of those names and find out who these so-called journalists are that uh, sold out the country for 30 pieces of silver and a free constitutional republic and free and fair elections. Uh, This is the act of, in my opinion, looking at the legal terms. This is treason. This is sedition, insurrection. Uh, There needs to be grand juries, indictments, perp walks. Because um, let me tell you, I believe historically, if you go and look at any nation where the globalist or the communist have tried to take over, where there's any kind of revolution, a communist revolution, you will see they almost always start out going after elected officials or people running to be elected officials. And once they can bring them down and they have a revolution, what do they do next? They go after the next layer of people. And what they do then go after is political opposition. That would mean people like you, you guys. You go after talk show hosts, conservatives, Tea Party members, uh, pastors who are very vocal and have big churches and are, are on the radio and TV talking about the issues of the day, uh, perhaps maybe from a Christian perspective and a constitutional Christian perspective, uh, what do you do? You go after them. Uh, historically, Brandon, I, I just want to interject one thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt again, and this is the last time. But look, they're already coming after us. Yep. Okay, I, I'm already out, out of my pocket, uh, nearly 50 grand. In legal legal fees, I've, I have to have an attorney on staff. Uh, everything I say is being recorded. Uh, everything I say and Joe says is being transcribed. 
we have people who are writing blogs who are using uh you know these really like uh, uh oh they're they're just small blogs but but really who's behind them is would 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 just be astounding to understand um, uh, you know we're, we're look I, I can't say uh, you know get too far into it but yeah I mean we're fighting legal action uh for calling Pedogate, Pedogate, for calling Pizzagate, Pizzagate, for mentioning, how dare we mention Islamophobia. Um, and, and this is spelled out. And, and, and it's, it's, well, again, I have to shut up because I'm going to get myself in trouble. I don't want to do that. Uh, however, that much I can, I can just say to, to people. People have got, the, the, the average listener has no idea what's going on with people like you behind the scenes for, with you, with us. This is ridiculous. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Well, you're right, and I know, I know, uh, you know what you're saying, and we, you have your issues, and we have ours. And what we find increasingly is it's sometimes some of the same players. It's the it's the Muslim Brotherhood front groups. It's the Marxist and Muslim groups. It's that red green axis. And again, if if the Muslims and the Marxists, and the globalists, and the deep state can all work together to destroy their shared enemies, boy, they're going to do it. And this is what I'm talking about, why the average American better realize this isn't politics. You may say, look, I don't like politics, I don't care about politics, it is what it is, but this isn't about politics. This is about liberty and freedom and free speech and freedom of religion. Because again, if the deep state can, can overthrow a duly elected president, go after a guy running for office, then go after him while he's president-elect, then go after him while he's president with a fake, made-up, fictional dossier they then peddle as legitimate to get warrants with the FISA court, and this is the highest levels of the FBI and the Justice Department, if this is allowed to stand, they will be emboldened, and the next thing they will do is they will start going after members of Congress, members of the House and Senate, governors, uh, talk show hosts, pastors, Tea Party leaders. We've already seen the weaponization of the IRS through Lois Lerner and not wanting to give nonprofit status to conservative groups, pro-Israel groups. We already have seen the climate. This is how you end up having a nation that destroyed, and anyone that's not a part of the group consensus of the globalists, then they're destroyed. And you can take any fake story about me, about you, about anyone, peddle it, and how do we refute a lie? How do we discount a 100% false uh, story. Your reputation is destroyed because some will believe it, some won't believe it. But no matter what you say, you will never be able to convince some of the people that it's a lie when in fact it really is. This is the character assassination that is going on. And again, that's an information operation. What people have got to understand is the biggest weapon in this war is whether it's the economic war of China and Russia on America the Muslim Brotherhood War on America, the Globalist War on America, the, the, one of their biggest tactics is an information operation, a, a propaganda war, a false narrative, lies. Use the lies to destroy the people who speak truth and to undermine the truth that they're proclaiming. One way is Islamophobia. We've already talked about that in a past program created by the International Institute of Islamic Thought, a Muslim Brotherhood front group, and they created this term in the early 90s. And it was one of the guys who was part of it and came out of it said it, the term Islamophobia was created to destroy and and uh, take away any credibility or credence from someone speaking truth about Islam. 
Well, who do we have now doing Islamophobia programs? The FBI. Here's an article from Front Page Mag just from this past week. Uh, well, uh, January 31st, to be precise. January 31st, 2018, by our friend Leo Holman. FBI takes on Islamophobia. Well, what have they done? They've got a program called Bridges, and they've hired a, a, a Muslim lady as their, one of their point persons, and they're holding meetings all over the country, like uh, Boston, Detroit, New York, Chicago, Houston, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and other cities, and they meet with the Muslim community, and they talk about Islamophobia. Well, Islamophobia, again, is a term created in the early 90s by the Muslim Brotherhood, a group created in 1928 that was involved in the systematic slaughter of 5 million Jews through the creation of the Final Solution with one of their leaders known as Albana, as well as the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, Al-Husseini. We have pictures of uh, uh, Albana uh, sitting uh, at Auschwitz reportedly going over plans for uh, Auschwitz. So these people were involved. Muslim Brotherhood was involved in the Holocaust. Muslim Brotherhood was distributing a Mein Kampf all over the Middle East in Arabic. My Jihad is what they would call it. Muslim Brotherhood has infiltrated America. They started out by infiltrating our American colleges with Muslim Student Association out of Illinois, uh, University of Illinois Urbana. And now, of course, around about six to eight hundred college campuses, depending on the report you're reading. This group has a Hitler Week every week on college campus. Every every year for a week, they have Hitler Week. Muslim Student Association, a front group for Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, Hamas was created by Muslim Brotherhood in the late 80s. Ma uh, Hamas is now here in America. Muslim Brotherhood, according to many experts, is uh, Hamas. Hamas is Muslim Brotherhood. They have the Islamic Society of North America. The Islamic Society of North America and CARE. CARE was birthed after uh, a meeting in, in Philadelphia in a hotel with about 23, 24 Muslim Brotherhood leaders uh, after the FBI, when they were doing their job at the higher levels and would let them do their job, they uncovered the memorandum in a jihadi's basement in northern Virginia. Uh, he had 80 banker boxes in a sub-basement in northern Virginia. It was memorandums after memorandums, strategy after strategy of the Muslim Brotherhood that included the Muslim explanatory memorandum on how they would bring down America, written in the early 90s but not found until 2004. Well, when that happened, then a bunch of these folks met in Philadelphia, Muslim Brotherhood, and what came from that meeting eventually was the creation of CARE, Council on American Islamic Relations. Looks like a civil rights group for Islam. It's just a front group for Muslim Brotherhood. And so we have now the FBI working with Muslim Brotherhood groups for fighting Islamophobia. Well, who's involved in Islamophobia? Anyone that speaks truth about Islam, which is very interesting because guess who else has a program on Islamophobia called Bridges? So does Jesuit University, Georgetown University. Georgetown University, you go to their website, bridge.georgetown.edu, bridge.georgetown.edu, based in Georgetown University, you have their Islamophobia program called Bridges. Uh, Georgetown University is a Jesuit university a Jesuit university. Oh, by the way, it's called the um, uh, Georgetown University's Prince Alawid bin Talal Center. You guys remember Alawid bin Talal? Yeah, yes, and, and, and please, when, when you're when you end at the appropriate time, please explain about Jesuit, the significance of Jesuit universities. Go ahead. All right, well, this guy here, you know, supposedly was arrested and held at, at a, you know, exclusive hotel in Saudi Arabia until he decided, I guess, I guess reportedly to cough up money back to Saudi Arabia. But uh, he is 
this is he's working with Georgetown University, the Jesuit school, to do this. Of course, this is the same guy that, if you go look up online, support, reportedly has bought a lot of stock into Fox and Fox Business and whatnot. But here you have the FBI doing an Islamophobic program called uh, Bridges. And again, Islamophobia is anyone who speaks truth about Islam. Now you have the Jesuit University, Georgetown, doing a program on Islamophobia called Bridges, which makes you wonder if the FBI now isn't taking directions in part from some of the Jesuits. Now, and Brandon. the interesting thing about the Jesuits, uh, Pope Francis is the first Jesuit pope ever. And the Jesuits are really uh, kind of the uh, power behind the throne, if you will. The Jesuits were started by, um, uh, well, one of the most well-known Jesuits of all time, and their goal is global dominance. In fact, the Georgetown University logo is an eagle with the globe in one talent and a cross in the other, and, and I believe it's in Latin that it says, of the two, one. So you're talking about world domination. Well, again, Mormons want world domination. The Church of Rome wants world domination. The Marxists want world domination. The Muslims want world domination. Some sects of Christianity want world domination. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, with the old song, everybody wants to rule the world. Well, some of these groups get together and they decide we'll defeat our shared enemies and figure out later who's going to actually be in charge. But you have to wonder what's going on with Georgetown Jesuit University having the same Islamophobic uh, program called Bridges as does the FBI. But then you have the first Jesuit Pope, Pope Francis. What's he doing? Repeatedly saying Christians and Muslims worship the same God. That's a lie. Even even Muslims don't believe that, they're being honest, because God would never have a son. Allah would never have a son. He would never take on the form of a human being, God incarnate. Um, so again, they believe the Trinity is is uh, is uh, idolatry. That you're you're a polytheist. You believe in multiple gods. If you believe in uh, the Triune One God, God the Father, God the Son, God the, Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. So there's no way they would ever believe that uh, Christians and Muslims worship the same God. Now they'll tell you that to your face to to, to co-opt you, to key out, lie to you, but they don't believe it. And yet here's Pope Francis saying it. Here's Pope Francis and, uh, and the past Pope and the Pope before that kissing the Quran. Here you have uh, this current Pope, Pope Francis, a Jesuit Pope, continuing to push the ideology of not only of Islam, but of the Marxists. This is a Marxist Pope in a lot of ways. So he, he seems to be one of the cheerleaders of the red-green Marxist-Muslim coalition. But yes, the Jesuit order, uh, they've been around for hundreds of years, and their goal is world domination. And of course, to do that, they have to then take out and undermine any of the other leading world religions. And uh, they'll work with certain world religions when it behooves them. But ultimately, their goal is to take out the competition and have global dominance. So that's, isn't it interesting that the FBI has an Islamophobic program called Bridges, and so does the Jesuit Georgetown University. And, and Brandon, um, a number of things that you just covered in there with the FBI and the, uh, the I Islam, one of the things that we see with the uh, Robert Mueller is the media's constant talking point that Robert Mueller is somehow, uh, you know, uh, above reproach when it comes to his credibility, and you know, he he's the most stand-up guy ever. Uh, well, one of the things I learned from Representative Louis Gomert of Texas was that Mueller uh, revised the FBI training manuals in order to remove a lot of the teaching to identify uh, Islamic terrorism. And to to kind of uh, muddy the waters there, uh, especially during the, the yeah purge exactly. And, it's called the purge, and they were they they were working in concert with Muslim Brotherhood 
to make sure that they did nothing to uh, offend the Muslims. And so they purged a lot of terminology out of the FBI uh, manuals and training manuals to comply and roll over uh, to the Muslim Brotherhood. In fact, if you go to understandingthethreat.com, understandingthethreat.com is a website run by my uh, friend and broadcast partner, John Guandolo. John Guandolo has said at his news desk many times, and we, by the way, just started producing his TV show at WVWTV.com. He's a former FBI agent, counterterrorism expert. He created the first uh, uh, counterterrorism training program after 9-11. Again, former FBI agent John Guandolo, understandingthethreat.com is his website. Well, John's become a friend, and we... In early January, he would sit at this desk and he filmed 12 30-minute shows with his new co-host, Chris Gobbins. Chris Gobbins, I think, has been a guest of yours. He infiltrated CARE, uh, Council of American Islamic Relations, the front group for Muslim Brotherhood, undercover. He grew the Sharia beard and infiltrated CARE undercover for six months. He came out with 12,000 documents. became the basis of the best-selling book, Muslim Mafia. Chris and John now uh, uh, host a TV show from our TV studio right here. We distribute it, we produce it, we put it out there. Uh, we've now released, I think, three of their shows. You can watch them free of charge right now at wvwtv.com. But Chris and John on their website, understandthethreat.com, go into great detail on how Mueller, as well as did Comey, both gave the FBI Director's Award to, to very well-known jihadis. Uh, there are pictures of him giving these awards. So FBI Director Mueller gives an award to a jihadi. Comey as FBI Director gives the FBI Director Award to a jihadi. I mean, these are the same guys that we're supposed to believe have enough intelligence to be involved in running, A, the FBI, but they're cozying right up to the people that have called for destroying our own hand by infiltrating our institutions and destroying us from within. And Comey and Mueller, I think, helped him do that purging documents from any words against Islam, and now these are the guys we're supposed to trust. I think we know that Comey's a dirty cop, and I'm not so convinced that Mueller isn't as well, and if not that, at least a guy that's not all that bright. Because, again, why was he giving awards to, and praise? And by the way, at one time, I believe it was under his leadership, Muslim Brotherhood was involved in sensitivity training for the FBI. Well, we know that the... Um so much has come out with the the FBI and their involvement with uh, basically setting up terror plots in order to uh, entrap and arrest those people. And then some of them, we see that the uh, the Garland, not Garland, Texas, the uh, Dra Muhammad uh, event that happened, the security guard or police officer who was shot is suing the FBI because of the, uh, basically they enabled these two terrorists to come and attempt to uh, uh, create, a, they did attack this event, but they were stopped by a police officer before they got there. But the, um, the, the the Pope and what you were talking about, the Pope actually was facing some criticism uh, as he was defending a bishop uh, who was involved in, in a sexual abuse scandal uh, down in South America. And and then uh, back to the FBI, what you were saying, it's so amazing. We had um, those both of those guys on our show, the infiltrator of the organization yeah. CARE. Chris Kabatz and yeah. John Guandala. Yeah, that's an yeah. amazing story. And, and you talk about... And, and you, of course. And you talk about somebody uh, who is willing to lay it all on the line to expose these organizations. Um, uh, he was, uh, you know, right there, and his story is amazing. But we do see, uh, you know, as we continue to move forward in the Trump administration, uh, a huge shift in the way that we are dealing with 
the the Muslim Brotherhood and the Islamic community at large. And a lot of people, you see this pushback in the media where they, you know, they call it Islamophobic and hatred and whatnot. But I, I think that uh, under the Trump administration, as long as it continue, it can be unhindered, that we can revert a lot of these policies. We could reinstitute uh, the proper training in, in, uh, in, in the FBI and these other organizations. And, there and doesn't have to be this. What his numbers are, too. Right. You know, there doesn't numbers, have to be numbers. this. Um, the, this care infiltration to the point where we're changing policy. I mean, even the, even uh, in Hollywood, you know, they have the the uh, uh, Muslims there to uh, curtail the content to make sure it paints Islam in a positive light on just about every TV show there is. It's unbelievable the amount of leeway that these people get and how they're allowed to basically rebrand themselves as some kind of you know uh, religion of peace. When on the other side they are only a a religion of conquest, and Absolutely. we see this pushback, and and finally in certain places in Europe, Germany is having to deal with massive protests in the wake of uh, the the increase of violence and sexual assaults among the uh, immigration population, and you see Poland uh, being defiant, not accepting the quota of migrants that the EU is trying to force on them, and there is some pushback, and I believe with the momentum. Trump is gaining, we will be able to re-implement some of these more important policies that protected us from from the the Islamic attacks and invasions that we see. But when the media is complicit in it, that creates a big problem. Absolutely. In fact, here's here's one thing we've been reporting on our program. Again, another great report by people like Claire Lopez, who was just a guest of ours on TV, our TV program the other night. She's a former CIA operations officer works with the Center for Security Policy, and she and that group put out some great reports. And in one of the reports, they state that uh, one of the most notable supporter of Hamas, which, again, is the terrorist wing of Muslim Brotherhood found in the late 80s, was a guy by the name of Abdurham Al-Amadi. Now, listen to this. Once in Washington, Al-Amadi found a champion in Grover Norquist. How many of you remember Grover Norquist? Yeah. Uh, okay, don't get me started there, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay who shepherded him around uh, among the D.C. elite right up to and including the Bill Clinton and George W. Bush White Houses where he was a welcome guest. Now listen, this guy who is a supporter according to the Center for Security Policy of, of Hamas, in 1991 he established the Defense Department's American Muslim Armed Forces and Veteran Affairs Council, which vetted and certified all the Muslim chaplains hired by the military. al Amamadi hand-picked the men who would serve in the chaplain corps for the U.S. military. He, he also, by the way, was involved in helping to pick the chaplains in our federal prisons. So, talk about letting the uh, uh, fox into the hen house. My friend Sharam Haiti, a former Muslim from Iran, now Christian pastor, says we've let the uh, we've let the fox redecorate the hen house. And that's exactly what we have going on. And yet, we, we are oblivious to the fact, I guess, most Americans, because, again, the media is not going to tell them, that these people have openly put their plans out there. Their plans are there. In fact, here, here's one of them right here. Again, Hamas, Muslim Brotherhood. This was their phases of the world underground. Phases of the world underground movement plan. How they're going to conquer the world. Phase one uh, of discredit and secret establishment of leadership. Two, phase of gradual appearance on the public scene and exercising and utilizing various public activities, 
it has also succeeded in achieving a great deal of its important goals, such as infiltrating various sectors of the government. Hmm, I wonder how they can do that. Oh, yeah, by letting one of their guys pick and vet the chaplains for the U.S. military for Muslims in the prisons. Gaining religious institutions. Let's see, you mean like Jesuit Georgetown University? Uh, oh, you mean like um, James White, this so-called evangelical neo-Calvinist or extreme Calvinist, however you want to define him. Uh, James White coming to my town here in Memphis and sitting with a Muslim Brotherhood Imam Yasser Qadi who uh, missed being mentored by a terrorist and defending terrorists. Uh, so, they're, again, they're pretty much exceeding their goals, infiltrating the government, gaining religious institutions, and embracing senior scholars. Again, uh, that's happening. Gaining public support and sympathy. Yeah, Islamophobia. Poor us Muslims. We're being misunderstood. Even though your Quran and Hadiths are filled with calling the Christians and the Jews all kinds of names like pigs and monkeys and Oh, the, the rock will cry out, oh, Muslim, come, behind me is hiding a, a, a Jew, come put the knife to him. I mean, but, oh, poor Muslim, right? They are so misunderstood. So all the sympathies infiltrating the government and religious establishment. Phase three, escalation phase. Prior to conflict and confrontation with these the rulers, through utilizing mass media currently in progress. Yeah, you think? But that look, that's escalation phase prior to conflict and confrontation with rulers. Phase four. Open, open public confrontation with the government through exercising the political pressure approach. It is aggressively implementing the above-mentioned approach. Training, listen now, on the use of weapons domestically and overseas in the anticipation of zero hour. It has noticeable activities in this regard. So again, they're, they're preparing for jihad. Uh, and there are different kinds of jihad. There's a uh, civilizational jihad where you work within, politically, religiously, within the uh, media. And then there's physical jihad where you bring about terror. Five, seize power to establish their Islamic nation under which all parties and Islamic groups are united. Now, this is their own plans. This is Hamas, Muslim Brotherhood. This is their own plans. By the way, a lot of this was documented back in the early 2000s by the federal government in the Holy Land Foundation trial. But how many Americans are aware of the fact that we now have uh, a, a, a Turkish jihadi uh, living in America, in Pennsylvania, in the Poconos Mountains, by the last name of Gulen? Gulen. And he's from Turkey. Been he came there. To What's that? I've been there. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about. Yes. He came to America in 1998, and he has a network of between 20 and $50 billion dollars and he has set up a global education network that includes charter schools, tax-funded charter schools in America that are very strong on uh, science, technology, uh, and other things. It's called STEM. They're acronyms for, like, science, technology. I can't remember what the E stands for. I think the M is mathematics. And so parents rush to put these their kids in these, you know, prestigious charter schools. Do they know that the Galen movement is run by a Turkish jihadi who's openly preaching jihad and taking over the West? Um, he was friends with Erdogan. Then they had a falling out, and he comes to America, and now he's uh, given protection, and I think even becoming a citizen, if he hasn't already, here in America, and some 60,000 American kids going through these schools. We can't find where they're actually teaching Islam, per se, in textbooks. We don't know what's being said by the spoken word, but we know they're being taught Turkish Turkish culture and Turkish history. So again, he openly writes to his followers about infiltrating quietly and overthrowing and having a, a, a jihadic movement. Uh, again, this is a guy that was friends with Erdogan, the president of Turkey, who wanted a religious government in Turkey. That was a secular government. 
And, of course, then Erdogan has his so-called coup, which allows him to eventually jail or execute police, military, judges, uh, I guess, that are opposed to his idea of a religious government. And what are they doing in Turkey? Flipping from being an Islamic secular government to a religious Islamic government. And uh, But I don't know if uh, Galen, who lives here in the U.S., and Erdogan really had a falling out, or was that all a smokescreen to get him over here to the U.S.? So he can then sit here and do what he does in America. So again, what's your take? What's your take on this CIA involvement in this case? Do, do you think? I mean, with respect to Gulen and the uh, CIA, the weaponized CIA, with respect to Gulen, uh, because we know of the regime change uh, bias or the uh, operational re- regime change attempts by the CIA in the past. Just, I'm just asking. Well, you know, we have to remember uh, Brennan. Uh, John Brennan. John Brennan, CIA director. Many people document, and these are not conspiracy people. These are ed- educated people that are very respected in their area of national intelligence expertise, have stated that it is known that Brennan converted to Islam while he was stationed in Saudi Arabia. Now, whether that's true or not, uh, it really doesn't matter because it all works out the same way because this is the same guy as the CIA director. You can go right online and find him saying that jihad is a legitimate tactic of Islam. I know people who have worked inside the CIA that have told me personally that many, many people inside the CIA, uh, the CIA has been infiltrated by a very pro-Iranian worldview. So we've got a real problem because their goal ultimately, according to their own plan, again, they called their plan the uh, phase of the world underground movement plan, included infiltrating government. And we see that they've infiltrated the FBI with their Islamic phobic program bridges. And I'm getting reports that the pro-Iranian movement has also made a lot of headway inside the CIA and eventually, of course, having Brennan as its CIA director. Uh, we'll see what Pompeo does. This guy seems to understand what's going on. He told Chris Wallace back in uh, August of last year, 2017, that uh, the Cubans, the Russians, uh, Iranians, Hezbollah uh, are all in Venezuela and that we should be very concerned. But I'm very, very concerned uh, about the infiltration of these Muslim groups into key institutions like the CIA and FBI. And why, why else then are they letting guys like um, uh, Galen come here and live and set up his compound? And, of course, we still don't know what was going on with Benghazi. What was going on there? What was the State Department and the CIA and other agencies doing there? And was that a goal to overthrow uh, the Syrian President Assad and get weapons and move those over there to overthrow him? so that the United Arab Emirates and Qatar and these other nations uh, could run a pipeline through Syria. Of course, Russia is not going to let that happen. Russia wants that port, that, that warm water port in Syria. They also are not going to let uh, United Arab Emirates and uh, uh, Saudi Arabia and others run any kind of pipeline through uh, Syria to give and sell fuel to Europe. They don't, Russia doesn't want that kind of competition. They're using their their energy uh, sales to try to bolster and prop up Russia and build back together Mother Russia. So, again, a lot of what was going on in Syria, people don't understand, was really about oil, energy, and what kind of money was Saudi Arabia or uh, the United Arab Emirates or Qatar kicking back to the Clinton Foundation, and then what about Hillary giving uh, any kind of involvement with uh, the trading of arms or the acquiring of arms uh, with Benghazi. There's still a lot we don't know, but it's, it's 
it's not good what and, we do on And if I can interject this, because we only have a few minutes left, and I want to give you the opportunity to make sure our audience knows exactly where they can find you, what times, and how they can access everything. So but with, with respect to Benghazi, people will find, and, and I know you know this because you're on top of things, uh, the uh, Obama State Department, Victoria Newland. How this how this is applicable today, Victoria Newland, who was the Assistant Secretary of State, one of the Deputy Assistant Secretaries of State, um, was Chief of Staff to Strobe Talbot. Strobe Talbot, of course, his brother-in-law is Cody Shearer. We're hearing this now in the media. Uh, Cody Shearer's um, in, engagement in the FISA warrant application process, feeding uh, information to Sid Blumenthal. And if that's confu- if that's not confusing for you, I don't know what is. But the bottom line here is Benghazi. The talking points were crafted by Victoria Newland, and she figures into this FISA mess uh, that we're seeing come out prominently. So everything you're talking about has a current day application, even with respect to the FISA warrant process. Absolutely. Don't forget Hillary Clinton sitting on the what's it called the Sifius uh, board. She was, what, one of nine members? And I think it only takes one member to stop the whole thing. If they don't all agree, it doesn't happen. So there she sat. She could have been one of the ones that said, no, we can't do the uranium, uh, can't export the uranium to Russia. We give them about 20% of our uranium uh, to Russia. And what happens, voila, her and her husband and the Clinton Foundation get all this money uh, and, and get paid big money, her, her husband does, for giving speeches. Again, that is that not a pay-for-play? For is that a, not a quid pro quo? Uh, but yet at the same time, James Clapper, according to Jim Rickards, shuts down the CPS board that allows that to go through. And the same time the Uranium One deal went through, as we discussed in your past programs, that's when the deal went through that gave the 35-year contract down at Port Canaveral, Florida, to the former head of Saddam Hussein's nuclear program, Dr. Jaffer, gives him a 35-year contract to run that, even though he was, again, Saddam Hussein's chief nuclear dude, who's in a relationship with... Uh, Gulf Tainer, the company and 100% Russian-owned exporter of these Club K cars that you see on the back of a semi-truck or a cargo container or a rail car that pops up the lid through a command of a satellite, up pops four silos to shoot off uh, four cruise missiles. He's in a relationship with the 100% state-owned Russian exporter of that car, and yet here we are shutting down Cepheus, allowing Uranium One to go through, and then this contract deal as well, and then, of course, now we have Russia owning 50% of the Venezuelan uh, petroleum company, Sidco, with 48 oil terminals up and down the eastern seaboard and three oil refineries. So now they have ways to bring this, this uh, Club K car into the U.S. and maybe hold us hostage. So, again, this is so far deeper than people realize. Our national security, I, I said before the Trump... Trump was elected, that we're about to enter one of the most dangerous times in America, and we are. And if they can't control this guy, no telling what they're willing, the deep state is, to let Russia and China do, and what they're willing to do to bring down the economy. I don't know what they're going to do, but I can't imagine they're going to have made this much stride for this many years, and then just sit here and watch it all go away. Man, I'll tell you, you you are on fire, you're on target, as always. Uh, Brandon, I, I just I, I cannot express my appreciation, our appreciation for your just of of fountain of knowledge. Where can people uh, catch you? Website, uh, everything. Worldviewradio.com. Worldviewradio.com. We, in November, we started a live Sunday night show. We're starting on Sunday night. We don't want to compete with you guys. You've been so good to me. Seriously, we thought about that. But let's not go during the week. We don't want to compete with them. And uh, so on Sunday nights, when you guys are off, we're on. Sunday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time from this studio. Every week I interview a, a guest for an hour live. We've had uh, Dr. Peter Pry, 
former CIA officer Peter Fry, EMP expert Claire Lopez, former CIA officer. Uh, this Sunday night we have Craig Smith, who you see on Neil Cavuto a lot, talking about the Russian-China uh, economic war in America, what happened to the stock market, the hacking of our system, uh, many other things. And if they want to join us for that one-hour Sunday night, starts at 8 o'clock Central, they can do that at wvwtv.com forward slash briefing. Uh, we also uh, stream it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Worldview Weekend. The easiest thing would be to sign up and get a text alert. Just text WVW to 88202. Just text WVW to 88202. We'll send them a text message. It'll be in the program description for this segment. Brandon House, you are fantastic as always. Um, let's keep in touch. Thank you, guys. All right. God Thank bless you. you. Be safe. Thank you. You too. Folks, we're going to be right back. Pastor David Langford's up up next. Stay tuned. And welcome back to our third and final hour on this Wednesday edition of the Hagman Report. With us each and every Wednesday in the third hour is Pastor David Langford from The Voice of Evangelism. And he joins us always with some uh, insightful and and timely uh, biblical information, as well as, uh, I'd say, you know, their sermons. They're, they're uh, great sermons each week. That uh, all, I, all I can say is if you heard the first hour of the program, you know we need it. You know Doug Hagman <laughs> needs it. And, yeah. uh, pa- Pastor, I know that you know what's going on. So we welcome you with open arms. Well, it's an exceeding joy to be with you guys tonight. And uh, I know you're going through a difficult time. I'm going to address that the second half hour. But I want to share one more thing that I see with our nation, with Trump, and what's what's going on. Do you remember uh, last week we saw a sign that said time disposal. Did anybody see that? No. Time disposal. Time disposal. You know what I'm... that was on, Doug? No, sir. That garbage truck that the Amtrak train hit and knocked off the tracks and strewed really? all that garbage. Yeah. Um, I was finishing up my fast, and when I turned the television on, I saw the truck, I saw the garbage, I saw the wreck, but it was several hours later when obviously some news helicopter had flown over the top of the scene, and you could see the words on the side of the garbage truck, and it was called time disposal. And man, did I get some golden nuggets out of that. Matter of fact, I just got a video posted on my YouTube uh, channel. If you If you haven't seen the video, A Revelation to a Nation, which I shared that with you guys a couple of weeks back. Well, actually, it's been over a month now, I believe, uh, or thereabouts, about Isaiah 45 and verse 3. But this time disposal goes right along with that other video about a revelation to a nation. I want to start off talking about the sum total of 2018. If you take the numbers there, you add them up together, you come up with the number 11. The number 11 is always associated with disorder and judgment, and we see that throughout 
the scriptures. The reason that is significant, 10, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, the number 10 always represents law and responsibility. So a broken law and responsibility brings judgment and disorder. There were actually 11 judgments in the Exodus. We always talk about the 10, uh, the plague of the blood, when Moses turned the waters into blood. The last one was when the Spirit of God moved through Egypt and took all firstborn males in the homes where the blood had not been applied to the doorpost and the door lintel. But the overthrow of the Egyptian army and the Red Sea was actually the 11th plague or the 11th judgment. Now, for us, we have to be careful when God begins to judge, it causes upheaval, which, which creates the disorder. It seems to be a, a, an act of disorder. But when God brings judgment for his people, they get justice. Uh, as you and uh, Joe know very well, Doug, you know, we, we can't get justice in a court of law anymore. We just can we get a settlement. And so we've, we've digressed, we've become so corrupt till you know, just can we get a plea bargain? Can we you know, get a settlement here? That's not how God works. God works in divine judgment and divine justice. So when God begins to create judgment and adjudicate evil, the disorder erupts profusely, but in the end, we get justice according as God deems it, as God terms it. Now, I'll be the first. I, I never want to sensationalize anything. Uh, I'm very adamant. I'm very ardent in not doing that. I, I see so much of that, people having dreams and visions and, you know, just, I call it, you know, panto bean dreams. But when God gives us something, he'll, he'll show us in accordance to his word. So last week, uh, as I saw that accident uh, on January the 31st, about 1120, I was looking at that, and all of a sudden, it was just like a, a, a plethora of information began to pervade my heart about what had taken place. The train, with all of its passengers, was heading out of Washington. Uh, it was only carrying Republicans, uh, which spoke to me that the nation is in a change of direction, and God, in his sovereignty, if the people will continue to be obedient, continue to pray, continue to cry out to God, he can give our government back to the people. Now, for reasons presently unknown, the garbage truck was just sitting on the tracks. I've not read anywhere where it said the truck broke down, uh, battery cable came off. It, there just seems to be no reason. But the fact that the truck broke down on the tracks was a type of obstruction. It's, it's the opposition uh, that this nation is facing constantly. We, I was listening to your last guest, and, and there's just a continual um, opposition. No matter whatever goes on in the White House, it's always confrontational. It's always opposition. Of course, Trump can't control everybody. Everybody has their own issues. They have their own crises. And, of course, it bleeds over into the president. And I, and I thought about his wife, Melania. Uh, the other day, how they're talking about she won't hold hands with him. And I've said this. You guys have heard me say this. If the devil can't get to you, he'll get somebody close to you. Uh, she's probably spiritually vexed. 
probably doesn't understand what's going on because this is spiritual warfare, folks. We, we're in some of the greatest throes of spiritual warfare that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Uh, uh, you'd have to go back, as far as I'm concerned, to World War II uh, to, to, to see the spiritual warfare, the powers of the rulers of the darkness of this world, and, and Satan agitates. Uh, demons agitate. They agitate every, every circumstance, every situation. They agitate it. They make it worse than what it would normally be. Uh, the things, the opposition that you guys have been facing with your program, that is a spirit of agitation, trying to magnify the problem and make it bigger, make it worse than what it really is. But that's what Satan does, and, and we need to pray for for Donald Trump's wife. Now, I know the, the talk about the, the porn star and all of that stuff, but to me it's more than that. I don't know if he did that or not. He may have. Uh, but my point is, Satan creates undue opposition, and he's looking for the weakest link in the chain to make it worse so there is an ultimate collapse. That, that, that's what he's trying to do. So at every turn, there's opposition, and, and this opposition is desirous to stop the change, to stop the direction in which our nation is going. Now, for, for quite some time, uh, the patriotic Americans... And the fundamental Christians have been praying, crying out to God, asking God to move in our behalf. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. Israel had cried and lamented and wept. They were being treated with brutality. Finally, God says to Moses, I've heard my people's cry. Go and deliver them. God always sends someone, and he raises them up, to be a type of deliverer, a type of deliverance. And this has been consistent throughout the scriptures. And I believe with all of my heart, and I probably won't elaborate it on it much anymore after tonight, but God is trying to do something with Donald Trump. Now, why is the opposition and the agitation growing exponentially? All right, you look at the State of the Union address. There were three things I noticed in his speech. He invoked God, he invoked righteousness, and he lauded and he extolled the nuclear family. Those are everything that most people in this nation and in our government hate. They hate God, they hate righteousness, and they utterly oppose the nuclear family. If it's transvestites, sodomites, whatever you want to call it, they're all for that. If it's ungodly, if it's perversion, they're all for that. And they are totally against the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. David said in Psalms thirty-three, twelve, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. A nation can be blessed when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is exalted. We talk about our Judeo-Christian values. That's the God of the Bible. That's the only true and living God. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach unto any people. You look at this in the natural, and you ask yourself the question, what has Donald Trump done that is so terrible, so evil, so vile, so wicked, for this relentless attack on him? 
all he's tried to do is, is do good things. He's, he's, he's tried to come in and honor his word and, and do what he said he was going to do. Well, if you're and a Satanist, to, the pastor, if, you're, if you're a Satanist, if you are one of these evil people, you would have the mindset that he is destroying that agenda, that he is doing terrible things. And as you said, it is a spiritual battle, and this is an evil spirit that is opposing Trump. And it's not Trump per se. It's what he represents and the Christian conservative base he has. And that's why that's these people exactly are so right. rabid. It's, it's the, the word is righteousness. And you've heard me say this. What is righteousness? Doing the right thing. And, you know, I, I'm like any other uh, American. I'm sick and tired of them. You know, they talk about cherry-picking one or two uh, illegal immigrants that's gone to school, got him a doctorate degree, and become a physician, become a surgeon. Hey, that's great. But but look at the ones that kill and maim and murder and get drunk and all of these things. See, they don't want to talk about that. But see, this is this is why I believe America is Babylon and Babel different languages, different speech, it's just babble, bringing them all to our nation to tear down this nation, to take away its sovereignty. Uh, you know, we should have to listen, and, and, and don't nobody take this wrong. But, you know, when I hear someone speaking Spanish, and I don't know what they're saying, it bothers me. I've, I've, I've heard, had some stories told to me of, of uh, people who were speaking Spanish making fun of someone standing in line, and they didn't know the person understood Spanish. They said, you want to say that again? And they said that to them in Spanish. And, of course, they, they shut up. But if, if they were speaking English, we would understand. But this, this is all a, 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 a diabolical plan to break down this nation and its moral fiber and its moral fabric. Well, as I was watching the news and I see this helicopter hovering over the, the scene of the accident, I saw the words, time disposal on the side of the garbage truck. Now, I've talked about time numerous times on your program. There are two Greek words for the English word time. One is chronos, the other is kairos. Chronos is the succession of time. One, two, three, four, five. Kairos is a divine appointed time when foreordained events are going to come to pass. Now, what we witnessed in this election was a foreordained event, and it's come to fruition, Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. When Jesus was born, all hell broke loose. I shared that how Herod uh, went down and tried to slay all the newborn males two years of age and younger weeping, lamenting, sorrow, pain, suffering. Why? God was moving. The devil recognizes the move of God, and then he begins to oppose that which God is doing. Now, time disposal. I believe God is showing us the time has come, not only for a revealing, not only for revelation, but he's going to reveal the trash within our government, and it's going to also be a time of disposing of this trash. Uh, that's that's why I, I, that was astounded for a garbage truck or the company to be called time disposal. Things don't just happen like that. I, I, I was probably 20, 25 years ago, I was sitting in my 
living room, reading the fifth chapter of the book of Daniel. And as I was sitting there reading that book, uh, that chapter in Daniel, you know, I got down to the part where the hand of God appeared on the wall and began to write, Meany, meany, tinkle, you farson. And, of course, nobody could understand the writing on the wall because they were Babylonians slash Chaldeans. So they go get the man of God, and this is, this is what's always great. God always has somebody who knows the answer, who has the answer, can interpret the dream, can interpret whatever. So they go and they get Daniel. When Daniel walks in there, he looked what was on the wall, and I believe with all of my heart, it was written in Hebrew. He understood exactly what was written. The writing was on the wall. If you were Hebrew, you had no problem understanding it. But they were not Hebrews. They were Gentiles. So they couldn't figure it out. So he gave Daniel an opportunity first to preach to Belshazzar about his granddad, Nebuchadnezzar, and how God humbled him and broke him. But now the 70 years of the Babylonian captivity had come full cycle. And it was now time for Israel to be released to go back down to Jerusalem and go back to their their, their country, uh, no longer be exiled. And Ezra was instrumental in restoring the temple, and Nehemiah was instrumental in rebuilding the wall, and Cyrus, and I believe Donald Trump is a type of Cyrus, was the king that gave them that favor. So when I see things like time disposal, you have to ask yourself the question, is the writing on the wall, are we able to see what's taking place? I kind of look at the train, and this is kind of a corny analogy, but it was the Trump train. And the opposition was symbolized by the garbage truck setting on the tracks. Satan creates all of this uh, fallacy, all of this false documentation, the, the dossier. All of these things are garbage, but they're on the tracks trying to stop. So therefore, the opposition is trying to stop the work of God. And what foolish, ungodly men don't understand, in theory, they're fighting God. They, they cannot win. Um, Psalms 10, verse 4, David said, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. None of these people are asking the question, is God working against us? David in Psalms 119, verse 126 said, Lord, it is time for thee to work, for they have made void thy law, or they've made void thy word. Again, there's the word time. That David would say, Lord, it's time for you to go to work because we're facing too much opposition. I believe this is a time that God is going to work. And this is why they can't win. They cannot win when God begins to fight. God is going to succeed. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be any adversity. After Moses went in and, and, and conversed with Pharaoh and told him, let God's people go, things got worse. Because the Pharaoh said, and the rulers, the, heart, the taskmaster said, you guys have too much time on your hands. You're going to have to make the same tail. The word tail there means number. You're going to have to make the same number of bricks. But since you've got all this free time on your hands, you're going to have to now gather your own straw. We're not going to provide that for you. But you're still going to have to make the same amount of bricks that you're making each day. And so the people of God, the Israelites, attacked Moses, the elders, it says. 
they, they already had a type of government uh, in, in among themselves as a nation. They had leaders, the tribes, uh, the, 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 the heads of the tribes, the Benjamites, the Levites. Uh, so they, they came to Moses. They said, you've made it worse. You've made it worse. So we need to understand it could very well get worse before it gets better. But if we don't keep our eyes on Christ, all we're going to do is magnify the chaos, magnify uh, the disaster, magnify the troubles, magnify the problems. Uh, Isaiah 63, verse 10 says, But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore was he turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. God is fighting, and we're on God's side, and God's going to win. And there will be those who get hurt. There will be those who will uh, turn and go to the other side. They will depart from the faith. They will defect. What I witnessed in this collision, um, usually when a train broadsides anything on the track, usually there's a car or two that derails. Not one car derailed in this accident. That's encouraging because though the devil's going to try to derail so much, God is not going to suffer him. And, you know, I feel like every time I, I, I share things like this, I'm on thin ice. You know, the, the devil attacks me that, you know, you're, you're out there on thin ice. You, you need to be careful. You need to back away. But we need to be encouraged. Uh, uh, the, the Bible says in Second Chronicles 20:17, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. If we keep praying and we keep fasting, and again, thank you for those of you who have been fasting. This is what's moving the hand of God and pulling down the strongholds. So the devil, in the natural, uh, one or two rail cars should have derailed, but, the, but none of them derailed. Then what did we notice? There was a plethora of garbage and trash that was strewn all over the place. Now, this is where Isaiah 45 and 3 comes back into the picture. These represent the dark treasures and the hidden riches and secret places. You know, when that whoever put the garbage in the truck never thought they'd see it again. There are people who have done things that they never thought anybody would ever see it. And, and every day, just about now, we're seeing more and more of these text messages, documents coming out, and it's going to go straight to Obama. You know. This guy was nothing but a, a an imposter, and he thinks he's going to come forth unscathed. And what you're going to see, everybody's getting afraid, you know. And this is this is this is why I love Galatians six and seven. The Bible said, "Be not deceived; God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption." But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Adam Schiff, now look how he got pranked with the Russian comedians, and here he is wanting the naked pictures of Donald Trump. Does he look like an idiot or what now? Oh, man, it's uh, something else to see. I mean, these people expose themselves on a regular basis, Pastor. Yeah, and see, they think they've got it hidden. 
and, 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 and somebody said today, I believe it was, that's what he may have been talking about before he got exposed for being pranked. They actually thought they had photos of Donald Trump. He said, we've got, we've got greater evidence about the collusion. But what he was doing was illegal. The very thing he was doing about trying to get this so-called information from the Russians, that was legal in itself. So these dark treasures, these hidden riches of secret places, as I said, I, I shared that with you guys some weeks ago, and it's on, on, on the video. Now, the garbage company was called Time Disposal. It's the timing of God to begin to dispose of certain elements within our nation. Now, we're going to enter into a very tempestuous time. I think what you saw in the stock market, the volatility, I think you'll begin to see the tempest accelerate and become more tempestuous, and there'll be a, 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 an element of uncertainty across the land. I believe that. Just like when God began to go to deliver Israel in, the, in their exodus, the plagues, the things that begin to happen, the blood, the frogs, the lice, the flies, the murane, the boils, the hail, the locusts, the darkness, the firstborn being killed, and then the overthrow in the Red Sea. Israel was in the midst of God's judgment, but they were being preserved. But they saw all of this chaos. They saw all of this wild stuff, and I'm sure uh, there were those that were afraid. And, and I'm sure there were those who were certitude and confident in Jehovah, who had a relationship, they had a walk with God, would encourage the weaker ones. And, and I'm sure the, 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 the last or the tenth plague, when the death angel came through the city and began to strike the firstborn male in every home, that there were those saying to the elders, do you really believe this blood is going to save us? And they were fearful, because it is a fearful thing, the Bible says, to fall into the hands of a living God. And when that spirit would pass over them, when he saw the blood, their, 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 their hearts were encouraged. They saw, they, they heard the weeping, they heard the wailing, they heard the dogs howling, they heard all of the chaos. And they sat there in their little conclaves, in their cabins, in their tents, or wherever they may have been in awe and in reverence of God, trembling and fearing because God was moving. I, I believe we're going to see things in this nation during this time because when God begins to unveil the corruptness, they're going to try to fix it. They're going to start doing things. It, I would not be surprised that there are numerous false flags to stop this from happening. Folks, you got to remember something. These people have no God consciousness. There's, there's nothing they will not do. There's nothing that they will not attempt to do if they think it's going to save their faces and going to stop them from being humiliated and stop them from being brought down. People who are fearful for their lives, for their livelihood, will do things that you can't imagine. And there are those who can't handle it, and I said that, they will commit suicide. And there'll be those who will be murdered, and they will feign it was a suicide. You'll begin to see some very disturbing things taking place 
And when we see the judgments of God in the earth, Isaiah said, when you, when, when you begin to see the judgments of God, he said, then the people will learn righteousness. Now, I don't know how far God will take this. I don't know what to degree. But I just know, as people of God, we need to be very careful. We need to, we need to be living and walking uh, as best as we know how, uh, to be led by the Spirit of God, uh, to be sensitive to the Lord, and, and whatever He would will. We, you know, we, we need to submit to that. Uh, Isaiah 26, verse 9, With my soul have I desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. See, uh, when, when God begins to execute judgment, the fear of God on a natural person, I don't care if you're a sinner or a Christian, but if you have a, a, an element of a God consciousness that you, you know that God is real, you fear God, you have an awe of Him, and He begins to execute judgments, the people will learn righteousness because they will know there's a supreme power, a, a, a supreme deity that's executing these things. Now this timing is, is all about God's time. And that's why I believe that truck, the sign of the, that was painted on it was time disposal. Psalms 31, 15, David said, my times are in your hand. Whether it's a time of weeping, a time of joy, a time of laughter, a time of building, a time of tearing down, a time of peace, a time of exposing, a time of war. All of this time is in God's hand. And when these events begin to transpire, people become more and more polarized. This is when you get hurt during a time of spiritual cleansing because you're polarized to the wrong side and you won't move. You won't repent. You won't humble yourself. You become defiant. See, that is the personification of Satan. He is absolutely defiant. And we're witnessing that in our government, how defiant these people are. Then there'll be the godly people. If they're not careful, they, they become filled with the spirit of fear and anxiety and trepidation. Because I believe there'll be an enormous amount of uncertainty. And when this uncertainty begins to happen, now just like the stock market Friday and, and, and Monday, you know, even Trump was lauding, you know, extolling how great the stock market's going up, everybody's making mega bucks, etc. But when it went the other way, fear, fear begin to pervade people's hearts and say, well, we're going to lose it all. And, and because we're responding, or we're, we're, I should say we're reacting to what we are seeing. And I, that's why I'm going to pick this back up in the Bible, Second Corinthians 4. We're, we're, we're looking at what we can see, but that's not what we're supposed to be looking at. We're supposed to be looking at things that are not seen. But when things begin to happen, we start responding to the very things we can see. David said in Psalms 56, verse 3, he said, What time I am afraid that I will trust in thee. Second Timothy 1, 7, Paul said, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When this Amtrak train hit that garbage truck, Senator Mike Lee from Utah said it looked like the truck was cut in half. The truck had was cut away from the body. There's going to be some type of decapitation. There's going to be a severing. God is going to sever 
some things, and it's not going to be pretty. And let me say this before I go to the, to the book of Corinthians. It may be a time for some of you listening tonight to dispose of a few things in your own life. You see, God knows everything. You may think you have some things concealed. You know, that's one of the great joys of living right. You know, I can say to anybody, we'll get you. I'll say, well, go ahead, start your start your analysis, your digging, your investigating. You won't find anything. Because when you're living right and you're doing right, there's nothing to find. There's nothing concealed. There's nothing hidden that you don't want people to know anything about because that's not how you live. You live a godly life. And I, I would just in, encourage those of you tonight listening, if there's some things in your life that should not be there, get rid of them. Get it under the blood. It's, it's the blood of Jesus Christ that covers the sin, the garbage, the trash. Men cannot conceal their sins and God not expose them unless it's under the blood of the Lamb. That's, that's the divine protection, is the blood of Jesus Christ that preserves and keeps us. So these people out there, they have no covering. They're, they're, they don't realize that they are so vulnerable, they are so exposed, and, and you will begin to see fear and consternation get on these people's lives because they won't know where to turn. They're too proud to turn to God because that's, that's, that's what Donald Trump is advocating and promoting and touting. Hey, righteousness. I, I, I don't know if you remember it, but uh, he, when he was talking about God and righteousness, uh, Paul Ryan pointed over his head, and if I recall, I read his lips, I thought he said, Amen, and over his head was written, In God we trust. And, and so... God is trying to do something. It's up to us to keep praying, to keep fasting, to keep crying out to God, to keep pleading the blood. And, and I want to encourage you tonight, because I've, I haven't prayed for Donald Trump's wife. Admittedly, it hasn't crossed my mind. But after hearing and seeing what I've begun to see, she needs to be covered in prayer. Because the, the devil will go to the weakest, most vulnerable place to bring strife, contention, discord, disagreement, to break the spirit of unity. You know, the, the, the greatest unity in, in the world is a husband and wife in their marriage. They're no more twain, but they're one flesh. And this is why the devil attacks the nuclear home. He wants to destroy the very institution that God has ordained. God created marriage, not man. God created that. God made that that way. And, and so the devil tries to destroy it. So... I, I want to encourage everyone tonight to keep praying for Donald Trump and to keep praying for his wife Melania, that God will protect them and that God will continue to use him uh, to, to be that bulwark, that, that, that defensive wall, and saying, you know, I'm not capitulating, I'm not giving in. I like what he said, you know, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just have a government shutdown. Well, it's amazing the harmony that all of a sudden uh, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer got together and said, hey, we'll sign this thing. Of course, you got Jezebel over there on her little soapbox running her mouth for eight hours. But, see, God can touch every person's heart and do something greater than we could ever imagine. So that truck, the sign on the side of it was called Time Disposal. The time has come when God 
is going to do some things. I want to turn quickly tonight to Second Corinthians chapter 4, because, Doug, this is for you, Renee, Joe, I, I want you guys to understand we're, we're in a battle, and, and, and you're, in the, you're in the forefront, and you're going to face opposition. But Second Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16, 17, and 18, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul is trying to encourage the Corinthians that they don't faint under the adversity. And he, he's trying to relate to them exactly how he knows they feel. He says, though our outward man is perishing, when I look in the mirror, I see my outward man perishing, diminishing, waning, and wafting, and just slowly but surely drifting away. But he said the inward man, he's talking about the spiritual man, the inward man is renewed day by day. What renews my spiritual man? There were two things that God uses to renew our spirit. He uses the Holy Spirit and he uses the Word of God to renew us on the inside. As we get older, it's another ache, another pain, another hand, elbow, knee, shoulder. That's, that's the outward man. He's struggling. He is, he's doing what Paul said. The outward man, he's perishing. He's literally perishing. He's dying. But the inward man can be renewed day by day if we go to Christ and allow the edification of the Holy Spirit and the edification of the Word of God. Um, Ephesians 4.23, Paul said, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's the inner man, the spirit of my mind. That's, that's, that's what God touches. My, my outward man is perishing, uh, waning, uh, becoming more decrepit, uh, more weak, more anemic. But God says, I, I can renew that man on the inside and make him feel like he was when he was 25 years old spiritually. I can renew your strength that you'll be determined to finish the race. I can renew your mind. Instead of dwelling on negative things, I can get your mind in a state of looking at things in a positive light. You know, Paul said in Romans eight thirty one, if God be for us, who can be against us? And, you know, and I know, Joe and Doug, you guys are, are facing opposition. But, but let, me, let me show you how Paul looks always. at it. Verse 17. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, always, Pastor Langford, and that's just part of the battle that we're in. That's right. But in, in verse 17, Paul says, for our light affliction. Now, that's hard to look at our circumstance and say, man, this is nothing. This is a light affliction. But notice what he says. Not only is it a light affliction, he says, but it's just for a moment. Now, you know, I, 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 I said the other day I was recording a program, 
about being confined to a wheelchair. If you were confined to a wheelchair 40, 50, 60, 70 years, you would say in the natural, that is not for a moment. But when you take the 40, 50, 60, 70 years, and you look at that or reflect that up against 100,000 years, it's not but a moment. And God has promised us eternal life. Now, I know we say that, and it just goes in one ear and out the other, and it goes over our head, but I want you to listen to me tonight. We're going to live forever, and we're going to receive a new body. We all live under the curse. Yes, we're redeemed, we're washed in the blood, but that does not remove the curse from this natural temporal earthen clay jar it still exists you know i started out with one and a quarter readers and i'm up to about three and a quarter you know my, my eyes it's just just a reality it's a reality but i have to remember i'm i'm not going to go to a, a grave and just be there left forever in dirt and dust oh no my spirit is going to go to be with the Lord, and in the resurrection, I'm going to be raised, and Paul said, I'm going to have an incorruptible and immortal body. We're going to be immortal. You know, my my, my oldest son, he loves those uh, those uh, superstars, you know, uh, Iron Man and all that stuff. We will possess immortality. I can't understand that. I can't fathom that. But Jesus told the disciples in Luke 24, he said, Touch me, for a spirit hath not flesh and bone, as you see me have. I am real. I eat. I, I don't understand all of that. Eating fish and honey. I don't understand that. He, but yet he, he still ate. Obviously, you don't need it because you're immortal. You're incorruptible. You don't need that. And so Paul is telling the church here, I know you're in a place of affliction. He said, but it's, it's just a light affliction. And not only is it a light affliction, it's just for a moment. Now, you know, my understanding of a moment is if I call you, Doug, and you say, David, can you hold on for a moment? Yeah, and you put me on hold. If you come back 30 minutes later, I'm going to say, Doug, that wasn't a moment. <laughs> I, I, believe me, I, you'd be the last person I did that to. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you say moment, I'm thinking maybe one or two minutes, you know, you're back and, and that's all right. But Paul is trying to comfort them. He's saying, your affliction is just for a moment. Now, I know that sounds shallow, but that's the Word of God. And what does he say, the affliction and this momentary time, what is it doing for us? It's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He says, your, your affliction is a light affliction. Your affliction is just for a moment. But you're going to turn all that over to Jesus Christ. And in the end, you're going to receive an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And and when I think about it in those terms, and I have to, you know, hammer my own self in the head sometimes. I have to get back in the Word and remind myself what God has said. You know, when, when you're in the crucible, when you're in the trial, when you're under the pressure of the affliction, the word affliction there in the Greek 
is thalipsis, and the word thalipsis is where we get the English word tribulation. And so Paul said, you're like tribulation. It's a time of affliction, a type of trouble, uh, tribulation and trial. It's but for a moment, but it's, it, it's bringing you to another dimension. It's bringing you to another level of an eternal weight of glory. So when, once we receive these glorified bodies, think about that, a glorified body, no more pain, no more death, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more broken things. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. And he, he concludes here in verse 18, trying to get us to see beyond what we see in the natural. He said, while we look not at the things which are seen, the truth is that's all most of us are looking at are the things which are seen. But he's saying the exact opposite. While we look not at the things which are seen. What are the things that are seen? Our troubles, our trials, our light afflictions, our problems, our difficulties, our injuries, our hurts, our emotional distress. Paul said no. We're to look at the things which are not seen. He says start looking for the things that you cannot see in the natural. Now why? He tells us. He said for the things which you see... And the natural, they are all temporal. When something is temporary, it is short-lived. Uh, uh, we, we do things on a temporary basis. Uh, you know, I've, I've broken a, a tooth before, and the dentist put on a temporary crown, and then it came off. And I'm like, wow. But once they put the permanent crown on, they put permanent cement well, that gives me longevity. So Paul says, we've got to quit looking at the things which are seen, because the things that are seen, he said, they're temporal. <clears throat> but the things which are not seen, the things that you can't see with your natural eye, he said, those things are eternal. And God has great blessings in store for his people. And so our humanity... The fact that we are all incarcerated in this clay jar, this earthen vessel, our tendency is to always look at the problem that is at hand, and we magnify that. We make it bigger than what it is. You know, I've learned in life, Doug, you know this, when you first have an encounter of something that is a trouble, a trial, or an aberration, or a problem, our first glance is, oh, my God, that's terrible. But then after looking at it, assessing it, you start acclimating and you say, well, it's just a car. I can replace the car. Uh, I was in a revival one time, and my most favorite suit, my wife burned my pants with the iron. And it just it, it just broke my heart <laughs> that, that that happened. But, you know, I got over it, it because it wasn't the worst thing in the world. At the time, I thought, I can't believe this. I just, you know, I just can't embrace this. And that's the way we are in life. We, we look at things, and we're like, oh, this is devastating. But a day or two or three days later, we kind of acclimate, we, we evaluate, we begin to look at it, and it's like, well, you know, it's, it, it's not... It's not as bad as it looked like it was. And, and so many times, folks, God will allow a circumstance, a situation in our lives to delay us. 
you know, I used to be the world's worst of being in a hurry, and I get behind somebody, you know, that went for a drive, and instead of driving, they took their car and went for a walk, and they're so slow, and, you know, I'm trying to get around them, I'm in a rush, I'm in a hurry, and one day I just felt like Lord spoke to me, he said, I'm saving you from something, you know, and you get down the road and there's an accident, it could have been me, it could have been me in that accident, but, you know, when you're rushing and you're scampering and you're running around and you're in a hurry, sometimes we don't realize God's working everything out for our good. At the time, it doesn't appear to be good for us. Joseph went through the same thing. You know, the pit didn't seem like a good place to be in. But God was saving him from murder till the caravan of Midianites got to where he was. And they said, well, let's get him out of the pit. We'll just sell him into slavery, and Joseph will be no more. That's the end of Joseph. That was just the beginning for Joseph. So God allows things sometimes to come into our lives to get our attention, because our attention is divided. We're not focused. We're, 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 we're in the hustle. We're in the bustle. We're not taking the time to pause, to reflect, to pray, to commune, to fellowship with God. And God says, whoa, I'm trying to get your attention. You know, God can put a thought, an idea in our mind uh, to make things better, uh, more fluid, but we're too busy, you know, putting out little fires. But if we take the time to get quiet, take the time to be still and listen to the voice of God, he could show us something that would help us in, in, in so many ways. Um, I was in a funeral uh, last week, and I, I, I bumped into a, a, a gentleman that I had known for for twenty some years. And he was bragging, and I, I, I don't say that in a, in a in a demeaning way. He was he was uh, thankful his son had just gotten a promotion, and he was telling me how good of a promotion it was. And I, I knew his son very well. As a matter of fact. His wife, Aaron, they were with us in Branson. His wife sang with my wife and my brother in Branson. And something dropped into my spirit. And I went home, and I told my son, Wesley, I said, Wesley, I said, I want you to call David and talk to him. He said, why? I said, his dad just shared with me that his son got a promotion. I said, this might be a good time for you to get a, another job and, and, and your boss man be a Christian, et cetera, et cetera. Make a long story short, he called David. That was like on Thursday, David and his boss, the owner of the company, interviewed my son on Saturday, and he got the job and got like a $4 an hour raise and a company truck and just so many things. But in my spirit, as I was, I was still fasting, you know, this quietness, this, this, I was very weak, but I was more sensitive to what was going on around me. And I made one phone call, and, and now since my son has accepted that job, he went back to his company and turned in his notice, and they've then come back and said, we'll match everything to keep you. And I told him, I said, no, you move on. It's time to move on, because now your boss man is a devout Christian, and he'll take care of you and look out for you, and it'd be easier and help you better to live a Christian life because your boss man's not going to be cursing and swearing and, and getting drunk and saying, let's go party or whatever the case might be. So sometimes we have to get still and get quiet, and, and God can be instrumental in bringing someone into our lives. And, and let me say this, 
this, this is for somebody tonight. When God gets ready to bless you, he's going to bring some new person into your life. You probably don't know the person. You probably won't know anything about the person. But they will come into your life, and they will open a door for you. But you must be faithful. You must be persistent. You must be consistent, because your faithfulness shows God that he can trust you. You see, I live a life of total faith. I never know from one day to the next what's going to happen to me. Hey, Joe, you know, you called me last week about Alan. Mm -hmm. He's called me today wanting me to come to Dallas and, and, and tape some television programs. There you go. We never know what God is going to do. And that's why, as a Christian, I live a life of faith, never knowing from one day to the next who God is going to bring into my life and bless me. God, when he brings somebody into your life, they bless you, and they, they can do it in different ways. It can be through technology. It can be through a job. Uh, they can put you in contact with somebody who can help you with your circumstance or your situation. We never know. We never know. And that's why God told me in 1994, he said, pray, I give you favor with strangers. And I'm an idiot. I'm a blockhead at times. And I said, why do I want to pray that? And the Spirit said to me, because the people that you do not know far exceeds the pool of people that you do know. And every time somebody new comes into my life, for the most part, they open a door. They, they make something happen. You know, there were, there were two people in prison with Joseph, a butler and a baker. Both of the men had dreams. Joseph interpreted both dreams. He told the baker, you're going to be beheaded in three days. He told the butler, in three days, you're going to be restored to your position by Pharaoh. He said, but when you get to Pharaoh's courts, he said, remember me. Now, don't forget me, okay? And the guy says, I won't forget you, but we've all heard that. But see, God began to trouble Pharaoh. And Pharaoh began to have these dreams about corn and cattle. And the corn, some of them were fat ears, and some were lean ears. And the lean ears ate the fat ears. And the lean cows ate the fat cows. He's troubled. And he starts sharing the dreams with his staff, per se. And all of a sudden, the butler says, I remember my fault today. There's a man in prison that can interpret dreams. He said, well, go get him. And they brought him up. And see, God blessed Pharaoh and brought a new person into his life. God blessed Joseph and brought a new person in his life, being Pharaoh. And together, they were able to put back the food, because there was going to be seven years of plenty, then seven years of famine, and they restored 20% of the goods. And they were able to survive that. And it was allowed Joseph to become second in command of Egypt, and so he brought Jacob and the siblings and the family down to Egypt, gave them Goshen, the, fertile, the most fertile part of the land, and God grew a nation on Pharaoh's back. So we, we never know how God's going to do it. That's why we never lose hope. We never lose hope and say, you know, I can't do it. It's just going to collapse. It's just going to fail. No. There is somebody out there. Always, God has somebody always out there that can help you move your mountain, that can help you get on the right path. We never know how it's going to happen. And it, it always happens in a way you, you would never figure it out. You, know, you, you, you could write 
uh, an encyclopedia how God's going to do it, and God will give you three words. It'll be totally different than the whole encyclopedia. That's how big God is. Because our ways are not his ways, neither our thoughts his thoughts. So I, I, I want to encourage you guys tonight, Joe, Doug, that even though opposition, you're being hammered, you're being beat, you're being beat upon, remember what Paul said. Quit looking at the things that you can see and start trying to see the things which you can't see. Because the things that you cannot see, Paul said, now those things are eternal. But the cameras, the tech, the technical things, the amps, the, 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 the sound boards, those things are temporal. They're one day going to pass away. And so the Lord says, get your eyes on the things which you cannot see, because the things which you cannot see, now those are the eternal things. And that's hard. Uh, while we're incarcerated in these earthen jars to try to keep focusing on the things that we say, well, I can't see it. I can't see it. I don't see how it can happen. Well, that's why you keep walking with God, because God is able to make it happen. Amen. I, I hope that encourages some people tonight. Boy, I'll tell you what, that um, <laughs> you spoke directly in, into into my heart, that, that's for sure. And uh, I, I needed it. And uh, I know that you, I know that you've touched many out there as well, or at least I suspect that to be the case. Well, you know, I've always said God's always the most late on time God I've ever seen. Now, now admittedly, <laughs> I, I, He's always late as far as I'm concerned, but I know He's not. But from my perspective, I feel like it's late, and I'm sure right now you you feel like He's He's being late. But there's a reason. Delay does not mean no. Delay does never mean no. It's just it's not you don't understand all the circumstances, and so God puts put. That's why I use the, the analogy of an airline pilot. He's got his hand on the throttle. You know, you get ready to land. You can feel the the, the pilot. He'll thrust it up, and you'll feel more power because he's not quite got to the runway, or he'll pull it back. That's kind of what God does in our lives. We need a little more power to to carry us another uh, half a mile. That's where He does that air airliner. You know that thrust. So God's got his hand on the thrust, the idle, and, and if he needs to push it up so we don't crash, he pushes it up. If we're going too fast, he pulls it back because it's all about time. Wow. That's why that was so significant about that truck, time that truck. disposal. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, and, and Okay. Now I, I get that. And having seen that mentally going back and... and what, you you really bring it all together. Wow. Well, if, if anybody's bringing anything together, he's bringing us all in because he is the master of the sea. He still can calm the storm and the tempest in our lives. So we love everybody. Amen. Everybody just be encouraged. And do, if you think about it, please pray not only for Trump, but pray for his wife. She needs to be covered in prayer too, guys. Well said. And, and that's something that, you know, sometimes it's easy not to, focus upon that or, or mm-hmm. for, to forget about that. And thank you for reminding us. Pastor, well, yeah, thank you, you know, so much. People pray for, pray for you and, 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 and Joe and sometimes forget Ray and Laura. But you know, they right. all, we all need the prayer. Yeah, in, indeed we do. And, uh, Amen. Wow. Thank you. All, all right. right have that, a good night, everyone. You right, too. Bye-bye. Folks, that'll do it for us tonight. Uh, thank you so very much for tuning in. Uh, we always love to end on that, that very positive, very sound biblical sound scriptural message and, and uh I feel better, Joe. 
It was a great show, and uh, we got great shows the rest of the week. Steve Quayle, Tom Horn oh, yeah, will tomorrow. be with us tomorrow. Also, Craig Sawyer will be with us in the first hour, so that's going to be a great show. Don't tomorrow? miss the Doug Hagman Radio Show as well as the Hagman Daily Show. Yep, tomorrow All first right. hour. Thanks. That'll do it for us tonight. Have a great evening.